The Tiki 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 cast. Long ago, in a galaxy far, far away, Star Wars toys began. And Kenner continues the excitement. The Empire Strikes Back collection. El Regreso del Jedi. Welcome. Welcome. Welcome to the Star Wars Collector's Archive Podcast. It's the Kive Cast. Star Space Station, the snap open space hatch. Sometimes known as the Vintage Pod. Wow, what a weird place. A monthly audio magazine dedicated to vintage Star Wars toys and memorabilia. Hosted by Sky Payne, Fudd, Chewbacca, and Steven B. Dent. B-Wing Fighters and B-Wing Pilot Action. B-Wing Pilot Action. B-Wing Pilot Action. B-Wing Pilot Action. Market data mined by Brisbane Brisbane Mike. Luke Skywalker handles his saber well. And Fantastic Pete. The has a seat helmet. Tech support by the low ones. Luke has finally been found again in this long-lost Luke Hoth Kivecast, which was recorded almost a year ago. Join Sky and Steve with Isaac Lev and Will Grief as we delve into the anatomy of a find in the wild, while simultaneously making fun of the term in the wild. We talk about teapots and cereal promotions and wampas and tauntauns and all of our usual features. Also, some more wacky Force Awakens theories on this... Once again found, thought it smelled bad on the outside, Kivecast Vintage Pod. Alright, well before Steve and I make with the Wampa Wampa, uh, I just want to introduce why are we finally releasing what was Kivecast number 60. Well, as I said, uh, they asked me, Isaac and Will, who made this big find about an hour away from where I live, uh, they flew in here from Miami. Uh, and from California to pick up all these interesting things, which we'll talk about later in the episode. And they left a box of, uh, of like magazines and books and price guides. And I was like, okay, cool. Do uh, you need me to help send this to you? Because, you know, they, they're sending everything FedEx. And they wanted me to send it book rate. So, uh, essentially, for the past year, I've had this box in my garage. And it's been this source of guilt. Um, and I said, well, I'll release their episode of the Kivecast when I've actually sent out the box. And earlier this week, I sent out the box. Um, plus, I finally made good on the 2013 uh, contest in which I said I would send out uh, star tots to people who left uh, comments on iTunes. I really should have said uh, US only. Um, no offense to our UK listeners. Uh, I was very happy to send something to Richard, um, but I had to like fill out a customs form for a single star tot, and it was all this big mess, and the guy at the post office didn't know how to type, which is okay, but you'd think he'd know how to type. Uh, that seems weird. Anyway, uh, so congratulations to Richard and Dwayne, uh, who finally received their awards uh, this this week. So I can finally release this episode, um, and uh, it's... So before I actually got into it, I did want to sort of start with um, a couple of notes. One, uh, it's going to be our sixth anniversary next month, so that's pretty exciting. It was in February 2010 when we started this show. Um, I actually just listened to, as listeners know, probably my favorite podcast uh, is actually uh, Star Wars Oxygen, uh, hosted by Jimmy Mack and David Collins. And uh, I, I made this little video, which if you subscribe to our YouTube channel, subscribe to the Kivecast Vintage Pod YouTube channel, um, in which I compare the song Sure Shot by the Beastie Boys 
to the new theme song uh, of Ray by John Williams. And uh, it's a fun video. You can see Yehuda in it, and it's pretty cool. And so I sent this to Jimmy Mack thinking, oh, he'll just think this is funny. So if you listen to the most recent uh, Star Wars Oxygen, you will hear them, first of all, talk about our show, and Steve and I will talk about that next month. Uh, and then they play the two songs back to back, and then I get absolutely destroyed. So um, anyway, it's pretty funny. If you like hearing the, one of the hosts of the show get destroyed, you should listen to that show. And then I thought I would actually bring up a new feature, which instead of only talking about the old movies, um, come up with my sort of famously weird theories about the new movies. So in addition to Beastie Boys and, uh, and, and John Williams, I'm just going to throw this out here. And this is going to be spoilers, so skip ahead five minutes. Skip ahead to eight minutes and 30 seconds. Uh, if you don't want to hear spoilers, just skip ahead till you hear Steve's voice. You heard it here first, folks. Not only did last month did we discuss and discover that Rey is related to Palpatine, but you know who Leia is? Leia is Snoke. All right. Now that sounds crazy, right? First of all, this whole trilogy needs that moment where everyone goes, What? And they go, No way, Darth Vader's Luke Skywalker's father, and all that stuff. And they can't do it with Ray being anybody's kid. Like, that's not surprising. The only way to surprise us would be to really surprise us. So, why would Leia be Snoke? Okay. First of all, if we take the whole thing as like a uh, poetry and all that stuff and repeating the things, one of the coolest things about the prequels, I think everyone can agree, is that both sides of the fight are controlled by the same person. Palpatine destroy, uh, controls both the Separatists and the Republic. So here we would have Leia controlling the, the, the New Order. <laughs> Every time I turn around. No, the First Order. And also controlling uh, the Resistance, which is perfect. And then she's able to use them to actually destroy the Republic, thereby taking out any sort of centralized power and allowing herself to be on both sides of this till eventually she could take over. And like, think about her whole role in the movie. So everyone's looking for Luke, right? Everyone's looking for Luke. Why is Luke so important? It seems kind of weird. He's the last Jedi in the galaxy. Well, of course, she could be the last Jedi in the galaxy, and we don't know what happened. And so everyone's looking for Luke. The good guys and the bad guys. And eventually the good guys find her. But what if Leia were fighting for the bad guys? What if she was the bad guys? Then that ending where Rey's holding out the lightsaber and Luke's looking at her is like, Oh no, you didn't let Leia find out where I am, did you? Like, maybe that's what Luke is hiding from. Maybe the story is that, oh, he's so upset about his thing being destroyed. But maybe it was his own family that did it to him. Maybe he realizes he needs to be away because this can all kind of be manipulated. So, I don't know. It's kind of a, it's a silly theory. And much like the Beastie Boys thing, in my heart of hearts, I probably don't actually believe it's true. But I, the fact that it is entertained, right? Is it possible that she's just kind of projecting this other side of herself and that in reality, this old, beat-up, scarred man who seems like a, almost like a parody of all the previous big bad guys is actually the big good guy. Oh yeah, and the whole, if you see our son, bring him back. It, it works out. Either way, no matter what happens, she is still controlling that force. 
And maybe she actually set it up so that her dirty ex-husband gets killed by her son, who's secretly her henchman, who she's ruling the galaxy with as mother and son. Oh, mother boy. Anyway, that's my wacky, everybody make fun of Sky because it's totally wrong theory about Force Awakens this month. And now, let's get to Kivecast number 69, a.k.a. Kivecast number 60. But actually, it's 69. Oh, right. 69! Wampa Wampa! Welcome to Kivecast number 60. No, it should be our fifth anniversary. (laughs) Mathematically speaking, yeah, but... (laughs) Well, we did record an episode with uh, the guys over at the Stars Forum UK. Yes, that's true. So that's kind of like... Well, I guess that's their episode, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) That was good. You guys should uh, have a listen to that. Kind of buried the hatchet, so to speak. Yeah, yeah, that was actually really fun. It was weird uh, talking to you and then not having to edit it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, just kind of... Ended and then just kind of went off into the ether. <laughs> yeah. It's very relaxing. It's kind of like, yeah. I guess, like talking to a lawyer when he's off the clock. It's just like, hey, I don't have to deal with this conversation at any time. <laughs> uh, well, I'm yeah. taking a sip from my Emperor Cup. Good deal. <laughs> which was, of course, a gift from Isaac and uh, Will. Right, we'll be hearing from them pretty soon here. Yeah, we're going to have an old-fashioned roundtable, or I guess kind of a new-fashioned roundtable. But uh, <laughs> they're the ones who gave me the cups. And then it was really cool because we, um, my family and I went and visited Yehuda over the weekend. Oh, cool. Right on. And uh, Yehuda's always, uh, as you know, very generous. So he, yes. he gave them a couple Empire Strikes Back cups. <laughs> so <laughs> I went from having literally no glasses in my house to now having six vintage Star Wars cups that we use on a daily basis. Oh, you can't ask for more. <laughs> and I, I noticed, Steve, that your figure thought was the same figure thought that I had when I thought about really? Luke Hoth. Isn't that funny? Ah, that is funny. All right. Uh, yeah, so that's right. Luke Hoth is our, our figure of the month, right? <laughs> right. Now, now, can you say without looking the wording yeah. on the card back? Uh, of course, it's Han Solo Hoth outfit. And Luke, it's Hoth battle gear. Right. Um, why do you think that is? I don't know. I guess well, Hoth, the Hoth, Hound Hoth came up first, right? So that it could have been. Oh, no, whole... I know why. It's because Han's thing is just like a jacket. Like he's just right. he's just dressed warmly. Whereas yeah. Luke is dressed up like a like a Hoth soldier. Yeah, that's to the true. point where I can never tell the difference between him <laughs> and like a Hoth, a rebel soldier, a rebel yeah, commander. It, it's funny. As a kid, I like, could have sworn that I had a Luke Hoth figure, but the one I actually saw one. As an adult, I'm like, oh, nope, that's not the one I had. I, I had definitely had a rebel soldier. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. anyways, that was our, our, our thought is uh, about this this month. It is nice. It's been thawing here in Rochester, but it snowed today uh, uh, in, in honor of our uh, in honor <laughs> of our podcast, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, so what was yes. your figure thought, Steve? Um, okay, so my, my thought was, you know, why didn't he come with the lightsaber? It, it's just interesting because you always associate him chopping off the you know the wampa arm with this lightsaber. It's like a very key moment. Um, you don't ever really see him carrying around this you know blaster rifle thing that they give him. But um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, you never see it. I wonder if Kenner was maybe given wasn't given images of of uh, Luke fighting a wampa or whatever. Like I guess because it was him and his sort of battle things, maybe it made more sense. To have him, 
With a gun. Yeah. Have him have a gun. I was actually I was thinking about it and I realized that if you look at the, you know, Han Bes I mean uh, Luke Bespin, yeah. which, you know, comes with a gun and a lightsaber. Right. Um right. and I believe that I mean that's the first yeah. time that yeah, obviously that's the first time where you'd have both. Right. I think if you look at the original walking photo Mm-hmm. He very clearly has a lightsaber and a gun in the walking photo. Yeah. And yeah. I, I wonder if, you know, the original photos that were sent was just the gun photo, if he would have gotten a lightsaber from Kenner or not. Yeah. I don't know. It's it's interesting. Uh, this uh, is wild, ridiculous speculation on my part. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's, it's funny. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, no. I was thinking that um, Hasbro, I remember when they released uh, Han Hoth mm-hmm. with a lightsaber. And that oh, blew yeah. my mind because I'm like, these that's guys right. are so smart. Of course, he has to rip open the Tauntaun. That's so. Yeah. That's such, such a smart idea. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Well, it's funny. Speaking of opening bellies of Tauntauns, I mean, it's funny that they went to the trouble of making like a second Tauntaun that had the open belly feature. But I would have thought, like, why didn't they do like a Wampa with detachable arm? Like, how awesome would that have been? You just like slice off this giant Wampa arm. <laughs> well, I for one, as a youngest. Uh, brother can tell you I'm happy they didn't because it means all the wampas I played with had two arms. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good point. Yeah, uh, that's true. Yeah, yeah, they, they could have made a so, something a little bit more uh, dynamic for the wampa. I don't know though. The wampa is so good. It's the way pretty it, awesome. It, the way it is, flops. You know. Yeah, <laughs> but well, actually, usually before we get to the movie thing, we get to my my movie uh, my movie thought. I guess we're yeah. we're mixing up up Steve, right? That's okay. Yeah. So my movie thought, uh, and this again comes from the time when the kids were sick and we watched all the movies uh, in the original versions of them. Right, right. So you know how Han, how like Chewie acts as Han's conscience, right? Right, right. I think we've kind of brought this up before, yeah. Right, so that's, I mean, that's a standard thing, right? Like whenever Han's going to do something selfish, Chewie's like, and then Han's like, all right, fine. This is kind of tied into me doing charity in the name of Chewbacca. Um, (laughs) So kind of like, you know, why Chewbacca's a great and good character. I just noticed that it's really weird that Han sends Chewie out of the cantina. Oh, like Where, he's like, okay, you go get her started up, right. and I'll meet you there. I mean, that's not. I don't think that's really the way they do it. It was this way where, like, um, you know, Lucas was trying to set it up. You could have the confrontation between Greedo and and Han, but yeah. in another way, it was really like his conscience was just like, okay, see, so you, you know, you get out of here, and that's another reason <laughs> that Han shooting first doesn't work. I mean, does work because his conscience <laughs> left. And so he's not the same. He's only like a half person. Right. Chewbacca right there. There you go. What do you, what do you <laughs> think, Steve? I, well, I think that was that was well argued, especially if you, you – uh, I'm glad you said that Han shooting first is, is right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and it definitely fits in with that, with that whole uh, strategy there. So, yeah. All right. I'm on board with that. So this is what I want to do. I want them to recut it. With Chewbacca just sitting next to him, and Over then have Greedo shoot first because that way it makes sense. Oh know? no! See, don't let George. Well, I guess George can't really do much about it now, but I guess on his own he could. Don't let him hear that. Yeah. Well, Steve, seeing as we've really flipped things around, we did the figure thought before the movie thought. Uh, why don't we do the flip the script before the sky coos? Okay, that's fine. It's getting really, really hot here. Flip the script. Flip the script. Um, okay, so, well, this kind of comes back to my figure thought, actually, um, dealing with the whole Wampa thing. Um, I'm kind of going back to the same well with the, the Lee Bracket 
78 draft, but it's just interesting that uh, things in the Wampa Cave aren't really the same as they, they turn out. Um, for one, <clears throat> uh, he hears Ben Kenobi's voice while laying on the floor in the Wampa Cave. That's the first time he hears him. Huh. Um, so that's, that's interesting on his own. Um, so right before the Wampa is attacking, he hears Ben, and that's what actually kind of gives him the strength uh, to like wake up and, and get going. So I'll just read just a little bit of it here. Um, so he's laying on the floor. His lightsaber is, I guess, still on him at this point. He's just kind of unconscious. So the Wampa's coming, and uh, Ben all of a sudden speaks to him. Remember the Force, boy. Open your mind to it. Open your heart. And then uh, just after that, she writes, uh, Stepping back from the monstrous form, only half glimpsed in the starlight, Luke sees, seems to grow taller, take on stature. He draws the lightsaber, and when the beast lunges at him, he moves expertly, slashing with the beam. And the beast, with one strange cry, vanishes into a burst of vapor. <laughs> so that was like a crazy alternate take on on this kind of I don't know iconic scene where he's hanging upside down and, and he has to get you know use the force, get his saber, and, and all that. But I also love the, the idea of of the Wampa <laughs> vanishing in a burst of vapor. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah. I don't know. I just thought that was interesting that that that's kind of the moment where he kind of almost wakes up in a way. Oh man, you ever see the robot chicken where where the Wampa has to get gas at the station with one <laughs> I, hand? I, I must have. I, it's been so uh, It is so, so long. uncomfortable. It's, it's funny, <laughs> but it's like I have to skip it with the kids because it's so oh, really? spirited. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. Yeah, actually, I was my first Sky Coup. Everything's segueing so well together, Steve. All right. My first hey. Sky Coup was actually... I have to explain them now. I have to say, Steve, after the poetry... the <laughs> So, you know, I, I did the, the Poetry Slam last month. Yes. <laughs> and I realized I got a good response from it. But I also realized I got way too into it. <laughs> you're, realized, you're acknowledging that yourself? <laughs> no, no. Like, next time I do one that's that good slash bad, I need to immediately follow it with a reading guide where I talk about the ways that I'm quoting Hamlet and the ways in which I'm inverting that and, and pertaining it to and then you know I brought in Philip K. Dick and all this other stuff the concepts of and he needs an analytical essay to a, a fran franchise and its role uh, in, in robots and yeah the, the best part about that Steve actually um, is that my kids love that poetry slam oh yeah <laughs> they, they made me listen to it o like over and over again oh, their great. favorite part is Put me in the back of an intergalactic station wagon made by a squid. <laughs> oh, yeah, I, I, you know, I was scared that I opened that door for you, and then I have to say, I, I was, I was quite surprised. <laughs> it was nice. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll release an annotated, uh, an annotated version of that. In yeah, the yeah. <laughs> the collected ramblings of Sky. Um, but, anyways, so. I'm going to have to explain both uh, both the Sky Coups this month. Um, All right. When I was growing up, for some reason, my parents attached a lot of importance to the fact that Mark Hamill was in a car accident before Empire Strikes Back. See, it's funny. My my mom did, too. Um, that's I'm curious where you're going with this. Yeah. Well, well, just that the way it was presented to me and the way I thought it was up until today when I researched yeah. it was that he was a super famous you know, multimillionaire really quickly and he must have, you know, been doing Tony Montana amounts of coke and just like, you know, ran into a telephone pole. Um, <laughs> but actually, I read about it today. It was actually in January of 77 huh. that he got in the car accident, at least according okay. to Wikipedia. All right. Um, 
and that he just was on a BMW and it wasn't like that spectacular of a crash, but that he mm-hmm. probably had some facial work done. Right. But just that the idea they had to build this into the script, it felt like this little secret that I knew. Yeah, no, same same for me. That's, I didn't know the full story. That's that's interesting. And also in a similar way that, uh, you know, Nashville Skyline by Bob Dylan is apparently all about his motorcycle accident, which <laughs> I somehow conflated together as to, in, into one thing. <laughs> but that's I don't neither neither here nor there. <laughs> yeah, that is neither here nor there. Um, so here is my sky coup about the character and the actor. <clears throat> Wampa hides the scar, BMW crashes, Corvette summer fail. All right, Steve, so here's what we're going to do. We are going to call Steve, uh, not Steve, we're going to call Isaac and Will. Right. And we're just going to have a roundtable, which is going to be a different format, which is the way I'm thinking of it. Tell me if you agree, because I just kind of railroaded over this. We just have a list of topics. And we talk about those topics, and every once in a while, I don't know, I'll blow a whistle or something, and then we'll go into one of our usual features, and then we'll that back out. That sounds fine with me. Yeah, that's not yeah. good. Yeah, yeah. I think we've kind of did. We try this before in a roundtable or something kind of like it. Steve, I don't know anything. <laughs> I don't well, remember. Like, I don't remember this... who we interviewed for the two one B episode. I. It is amazing how little I remember about the show. Anyways, but that has nothing to do with the roundtable. at the board with the Space Chess Roundtable here on the Vintage Pod. It is a silly place. I see your point, sir. Hello, Will and Isaac. This is Sky from the Star Wars Collector's Archive Podcast. How are you guys doing? Good. Hey, Good. How are you? <laughs> Good. This is That's the, the new way I have to introduce myself. That's the third rules. So before we get started, Isaac, you just sent us a clarification. Now, there's one thing we talk about more than anything on this show. It is proper and improper pronunciation. And it turns out that even though your name is only three letters, we've been mispronouncing it for five years. So uh, (laughs) I've been saying Isaac Liu. How should I be saying it? So it's actually pronounced. Um, and then it's it's Will Grief, is that correct, to be more in line with the French pronunciation, Will, or do you prefer Grief? Oh, yes, sir, yes, yes, Grief. Yeah, I, I typically pronounce Isaac's name a little bit differently than everybody else. I typically call him Yitzchak Lou. Okay. <laughs> uh, well, good. Well, we've, uh, we've learned something here today, Steve. Yeah. Anyways, yes, it's good talking to you guys, and we'll see you at celebration. Sounds <laughs> good. Uh, no, this is awesome. I mean, this is awesome sky. <laughs> no, the, the real reason that, uh, that we're calling you is uh, I alluded to it last month, but uh, I, I got a very exciting text uh, at some point about when I was going to get to – that you guys were going to be in town. And uh, it, it was a little bit later than I thought it would be when I finally got to see you. Um, by that I mean I was kind of like looking at my phone like a teenage girl waiting for the boy to call her after the dance. Um, but <laughs> but it was this really exciting thing where I got to see the aftermath of a, of a really in- interesting and important find. And uh, it was too much. Like I, I tried interviewing you, Isaac. I believe it was around 2 o'clock in the morning at a FedEx uh, Kinko's. And 
whatever you said, I have it recorded, but it's not it's not too coherent. So yeah, what, no, it's, I, yeah, it was not good. So we, it's good that we're redoing it. So Steve, I think I want to call this anatomy of a find. All right, that, that's that sounds good. <laughs> All right, so so tell us, uh, Isaac, how does a find like this happen? Take it from maybe square one and then skip to like square four. Three years ago, I got an email from a collector. Um, well, I guess it's not really a collector, um, just a person who used to collect when they were a, a child, saying that they were interested in selling some um, Kenner advertising. Um, and typically, when I've come across that term, uh, you know, uh, people mean different things. Rarely does it mean uh, you know, Kenner store displays, um, in my experience, typically it means something like the little impact catalogs that are included with the box toys or something that people see a Kenner logo on and maybe like a couple of toys and then they're like, oh, this is advertising. Um, so, and as collectors, um, I would assume that us, as, that we as collectors would assume that to be a store display. So anyway, I got this email, uh, and, um, followed up on it. Uh, and, um, it turns out that this person had, as a child, gone to, uh, various stores and besides buying, uh, the toys themselves, was also actually very interested in the store displays, um, that were found in the stores. So he would go and ask the store managers if he could have the displays. And, um, he mentioned that about a third of the time, they would give it to him or say, come back later, but about two-thirds of the time, um, that would not happen. You know, they would be like, oh, we'll, we'll call you, we'll let you know, but nothing would ever come of it. Um, so this person uh, sent pictures and uh, included in his collection uh, were a number of extremely rare displays that I had not seen for sale in a very long time. So that kind of set the stage, and that was three years ago. Mm. All right, so that was three years ago, which is how long it took me to edit my most recent uh, charity video. So that's a, a good period of time here. So then what happened in between the three years till now? Like what, what did you okay. do to, to keep this going? So um, I guess in the meantime, uh, once I knew that this person had things that I was very interested in, um, I kept emailing him, not incessantly, but basically saying, yes, I'm interested. Uh, these are uh, some of the things that I'm most interested in. Um, and I, you know, basically told them which pieces, pieces those were. But it soon became clear that this person uh, wanted to get rid of everything all in one shot um, and did not want to go about uh, piecing everything out and selling uh, different pieces from his collection individually. He wanted somebody to buy everything all at once, even the, the crappy stuff. Um, and that seems to be a, a theme. Uh, I know Ron Salvatore has talked about that in the past and, and other and, and a bunch of other collectors, um, you know, Will, uh, I know I've had experience with this. Sometimes you, you have to, to buy um, a lot of stuff that you don't want in order to get the stuff that you do want. Um, now, now, when so I, after that, the that, find, I'm just going to jump ahead here. After the find, I am shocked and dismayed, Will, at your actions and what you threw away that's of great value to most people, Will. Can you remind everybody what you threw away? Uh, it was painful. It's painful for me to like uh, part with anything, but it's especially painful for me to 
part with uh, 1990s food-related items, and uh, <laughs> I had to throw away like a, a huge number of Taco Bell toys. <laughs> um, I did. I did save. I did save one. I did save one Jar Jar Binks. I saved him. I you saved didn't him save the Saboba cup topper. <laughs> no, no. I say I saved Jar Jar. I saved him by sneaking him into Isaac's suitcase, so he had a nice little <laughs> surprise when he came home. Yes, to Miami. Yes. Were you pulled yeah, over by TSA, Isaac? <laughs> what was that? Were you pulled over by TSA? I was not, but uh, when I was unpacking, uh, I, I I saw this. I was like, "Oh, this has got to be well." <laughs> okay, so let's get us back on track. So it's it's a common theme where you have to you have to throw stuff away, um, and so you, you kind of knew it had to be everything or nothing. Right. Well, I don't know if you have to throw everything away, but this was interesting because when he, uh, this person, um, all, virtually all of this stuff was vintage. There was very little modern, and it was odd that he had. So much of this, these, you know, episode one cup toppers. I think there were like five paper copy boxes full of them, and they were all, we just, there was nothing, to, they were just not worth taking back. So let it throw those away. Okay, getting back on track. So, yeah, so basically, went forth, uh, back and forth emailing. Um, and then I realized that to make, um, you know, I wanted to, obviously, I wanted everything for myself, but practically speaking. Uh, that wasn't possible. So I wanted, um, you know, I asked Will uh, if he was interested uh, in joining me in, in making an offer to this guy. And Will said yes. Uh, and so for the next three years after that, kind of uh, every once in a while, um, I would email him and say, yes, yeah, so interested. Uh, I guess I should mention that once that initial contact took place, he was very slow about going about selling it. So I guess he was kind of getting a feel for what, what his stuff was, and then once he knew that I was interested, uh, that there was interest in it, that uh, he kind of kind of let, kind of of took his time in, in going about selling it. Um, and so, you know, just kind of reminded him that I was still interested in it um, and that I would really like to, to buy it, basically. Um, and that went on for all, all the way until about December I would say December of 2014. So we're talking about fall 2011 to December 2014. Wow. And that's when, it, uh, that's basically when he had decided, okay, time to, um, time to sell it. Um, made a, uh, you know, a final offer and, uh, and the deal was done. Uh, then the next step, I guess, was, um, was going to pick it up because he, again, he was adamant that he did not want to, um, Break it up, and he didn't. He preferred someone to to come and pick it up in person. Um, so that's when I, me and Will had to figure out how to get to where this guy was, and and he was in uh, in, in New York State uh, in a in a town called Elmi near Elmira. Um, I have many York. students from Elmira. <laughs> there you go. Uh, I had never heard of Elmira before in my entire <laughs> life, um, and when I looked at the weather, I was shocked to see how cold it was. So um, that actually affected our schedule. We had to uh, we had to work around the weather basically, um, and pick a weekend that we thought was going to work uh, in terms of the weather cooperating. Um, and it ended up it did, uh, you know. But it was close there because all over the news I kept seeing 
there was record, you know, snowstorms and, um, you know, all the snowfall. And I'm just thinking to myself, oh man, this is, you know, there's going to be some snowstorm. I could be able to make it. Um, so that was a little, uh, a little tricky. But, um, but yeah, so then I think it was late February. Uh, that we uh, we went up to. Hey, well, I mean, is there anything interesting about the will about the the actual transaction? Was there anything idiosyncratic or or fun about the about the the person uh, when you bought it? Um, the transaction. So yeah, he's an interesting guy. Um, his uh, his main uh, collecting thing was tiki mugs. And I guess there's a whole tiki mug collecting subculture, maybe not as big as the vintage Star Wars collecting community, but. Uh, yeah, tiki mug. So he gave us a little tour of his whole tiki mug collection, and he he basically told us he had like probably the or one of the largest tiki mug collections in the world. Huh. I don't I, I don't know how if you remember how many he said he had. It was like several thousand tiki mugs. <laughs> yeah, I think it was over over three thousand. Jeez. Wow. Yeah, yeah. This is he one of the hosts yeah. of the Tiki Cast? <laughs> the tiki 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 cast. I just want to make the the just the, the theme song for that. So much Tommy Garvey's happy. Um, wow, that's. Yeah, no, I'm glad a, I asked that question. Guy you guys didn't tell me yeah, about I mean, that night. What's up? It's it's always it's always like a little bit. Um, you know, sometimes a little bit awkward when you're, you're, you're like first meeting somebody or buying something at their house, or like you, you don't know whether to trust you or not. And uh, he, uh, at first, he seemed like um, he was a little bit wary of us because you know, two strangers fly across country to buy Star Wars toys from you. Like, who who would be worried about that, right? But, uh, I, you know, I asked him if he would show us his Tiki Mug collection and then, uh, it kind of broke the ice and, uh, he was, um, very kind, uh, enough to show us the whole collection. It's pretty impressive. If, uh, like I can't appreciate Tiki Mugs, but very interesting, <laughs> interesting stuff. I'm actually interested now. I'm, I'm, I'm going to look that up. Uh, okay. So then he's sitting there and he's giving you the tour of the Tiki Mugs. You eventually, I imagine, get the talking money and all that, that awkwardness. Uh, and then you guys packed up. Now, when I saw, okay, so the initial plan was you, you were going to meet me for lunch. And I think I got a call at like 1, 8, 1 p.m. being like, we're up and we're getting ready for breakfast <laughs> or something like that. Like it, it was very, very mysterious. So, so what kept, you guys said, what kept you up that night? So, I mean, we stayed up late. Um, we stayed up the first, so yeah, it was a Friday night and then the Friday night we, we, we finished the deal. Um, and, um, I, I will say one more. You said something or anything interesting or about about the about the person or about the the actual deal itself. There was two things I would say. One, it was interesting is this person had lived in Ohio originally, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, he moved to um, and he got all this as a child. And he moved to New York a number of years ago, and he put all the stuff in the basement, and the basement flooded. So uh. his impetus for selling that was the flood. Basically, some of it got damaged. Thankfully, not I mean, not terribly and, and not, not, not a lot, but definitely some of it did. Uh, so he figured, look, I don't really care about this anymore. I should sell this to someone who will care about it before it gets completely ruined. Um, 
So I thought one that was interesting, and it was heartbreaking because he had mentioned how he had thrown away um, one of the displayed bins uh, that could just got damaged uh, and water damaged. And who knows, like, how much damage it got, you know, and, you know, whether it was still worth anything, you know, or if it was completely soaked or just a little bit, but he had to throw one of those away, and it's kind of painful to hear him say, oh, yeah, I have to throw that away. Will and I kind of look like cringed and like, oh, man, that's <laughs> Um, but um, wait. So, yeah, so, so d- okay. d- describe that piece that that he's talking about that he had to throw away, just so we can all feel the pain. Because I don't, okay. as has been evidenced in the past, I don't know a ton about uh, displays. And most of what I know was that conversation with Todd and Will like three years ago. So, <laughs> got it. So what what he was talking about and what we're talking about now is the it's a bin, a large bin where um, carded figures would be inserted. Um, I guess put in, um, and it would be on a couch, like a countertop display. Um, so the figures are sitting upright. I'm sure you'll put right. a picture of it if you, if you figure it out. Anyway, it's a bin. It's like, it sits on a counter. It says Star Wars action figures on it, um, for, for that one. And, um, it, and then on the back, it's, there's a header which features, you know, the characters. There's a couple of varieties. Right. that are available. And most of them um, are, are but, 12 back bins, right? So is this like a 12 back bin or? There's a, right, and the 12 back of the Star Wars figures are also one that features uh, the rocket firing Boba Fett. Um, there's one for the die cast uh, toys. There's one that says collect all 21. Um, so yeah, there's a variety of those. Um, but I guess typically, I guess the bread and butter would be the ones from the, the 12 back, which I think are really popular right now. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's, yeah. there's a slight so, variation on the bins as well. Like there, the, some of the twenty and twenty-one bins actually came with like a different number on the back and were folded a little bit differently. Just an obscure variation that not too many people would even care about. Well, I'll tell you what, Will. We were criticized heavily last month for not having enough meat on the show and not going into enough detail. Even though we had a lengthy discussion about 41 Bs and 41 Cs, apparently it was too fluffy. So I'm all for obscure differences between 12 back headers. Um, Steve, are you no, amazed that, I waited that, this long yeah, to sound bitter? Yeah, <laughs> you held off pretty well there. Thank, Thank you. <laughs> Okay, yeah, that that does stink, the idea of him throwing it away, because I'm sure, I mean, it would have to be completely wrecked for it to have no value. Yeah. Because it would actually be fun yeah. to have a completely ruined header and then have a whole bunch of beater 12-packs on it, you know? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, I mean, you, you know, at that point, we're going to be like, oh, man, well, how, how you know, you just got to, you just got to, you know, we were still there, we were still happy with what, what we got, but it was painful. You know, as collectors, we hate, throwing anything away, uh, except episode one, Hot Toppers. That's the only thing to throw away. <laughs> All right, so then this, this, this tiki guy who's got the, the weird flooding, uh, he unloads all the stuff, and you guys are up until like 5 o'clock in the morning that night? What, what were you guys doing that, no, that I, night? I, I, no, it was later than that. I remember because I was passing out, and Will suggested that we go get breakfast because the hotel had complimentary breakfast. So it was probably like 7 in the morning, I think 6 or 7 in the morning before he went to bed the first night. Um, so it was, it was late. Um, yeah. If you ever, want, then, if you ever yeah. want Isaac to like, kind of brighten up and wake up when he looks tired, all you got to do is mention free continental breakfast and bam, <laughs> he's right there. I love being incontinent. Uh, 
so we had breakfast. We had so, breakfast. Well, but wait, what were you? What were you doing all night? You just like holding Inven- hands, inventory, or <laughs> inventory, splitting stuff up. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. It was. It was basically we. Um, everything was sort of already packed up when we got it. Um, so we were kind of unloading everything onto the bed, and, you know, all around the floor, and just kind of seeing what what all there was. Um, so yeah, and then and then um, basically splitting it. Um, I mean, so yeah, yeah we, I mean, we had to sort through it also, and like yeah, we had to make sure we were getting everything that uh, was originally pictured. So that was one one thing that we were doing, just making sure we had everything. And then there were all there's also kind of stuff in there that we hadn't necessarily seen pictures of. Um, so, I mean, there wasn't that much. I mean, all the all the really good big stuff was already pictured, so we knew knew about that. But there's a lot of other kind of cool little items that uh, we were able to kind of search through and just kind of. I mean, we were really just enjoying sorting through the stuff and you know how time flies and that happens. Yeah, it just sounds like so much fun. And I mean, I so when I when I did see you guys. Um, my kids had gone to bed, so that that was fine. And my parents uh, were still in town, so they were able to watch my kids. So I was able to go out, and uh, and so you know, I just got to see you guys. You immediately gave me a a, a pendant. You like that, Isaac? See the way I pronounced that with a V instead of a W. Um, that was very good. Yeah. A, a Weingeroff pendant of Chewbacca, which I immediately put on. And uh, see, Isaac, you had the C three PO pendant. Is that right? Yes. Yeah, Correct. so so we looked like a couple of wild and crazy guys, and uh, <laughs> uh, we went out, and it was like it was like eleven o'clock, and you guys had so much to do, but you had no fear, and I was like thinking about how I had to get up with the kids in the morning and all this stuff, and you're just like, yeah, whatever, let's just go get some barbecue. So we like went and got barbecue at like midnight, um, which taking two people from North Carolina to get barbecue is fairly daunting, but we had a nice meal. We had an amazing conversation, which we are going to recreate throughout the rest of the show. And then that's when we went to FedEx, and that's where I really had my fun, because I got to try to explain to this weird old woman working the night shift at FedEx that this gentleman here is from Miami, and this one is from Seattle, and we have 17 boxes filled with Star Wars posters, and we're going to be shipping them. And I don't know if I've ever seen anyone more methodical in my life. This woman, every single thing she said was like, oh, they would fire me if they saw me. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. oh I, I shouldn't <laughs> let you behind here. Hope this is not up to code. I hope they're not filming me. Like, <laughs> everything she did was so slow. So that we got there, like, maybe 1230. And we didn't leave until 5. And there's only, like, 15 boxes. But... Oh, she was so slow. I, I wound up inventing a, a new a new instrument called the Rank Tar, where um, I was basically just collecting all the runoff from this event very happily. Um, and, of course, they were very generous and gave me the cups and a couple other things we'll talk about later. But there was a Rancor, and I was talking to them about how um, a Rancor almost converted me to Judaism when I was a kid because um, my friend Jeff Levy had a Rancor for Hanukkah, and I thought... Does, does that come with the religion, like getting a rancor? Because <laughs> I'll, I'll sign up for it. Um, so I was just sitting there, and I just played with this rancor uh, for like an hour. I just sat, just sat there, and like there was a there's a, a weird wrestling arm stuck in the body, and I just yeah, it was, the, it was you, you see how you figured that one out? Like you're shaking the rancor around, you heard like this this noise inside the rancor and you were you were just determined to find out what was inside what was fed to the rancor 
And, and then eventually I just got even more bored and, you know, they have all those free rubber bands. So I started tying rubber bands around the Rancor and playing what I called the Rank Tar. <laughs> I actually got some pretty good tunes out of it. <laughs> and uh, anyways, so that was uh, that was an amazing evening and very exciting. And I was trying to think, Steve, what should we do? Should we start talking about other things or should we ask them about the big find the the big most important display that they the big, found the big ticket item I don't know yeah. I think we should we're 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 in the yeah. midst here yeah okay so I did a little bit of research but I immediately forgot it so why don't you tell who, who should tell us Steve Isaac or Will uh, I don't know whichever you guys is is feeling up for it I'm sure there's a couple things or is it just I've, one I've already I've talked some, uh, quite a bit okay Phil Bill. Okay. <laughs> 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 oh, wait, I got it mixed up. Bill. <laughs> yeah. No, it is pronounced Bill. Yeah. <laughs> finally, finally got it right after all these years. Wilhelm. <laughs> you ever heard of that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, wait, so, what, what was the question I uh, lost it there? Well, we're talking about the big ticket, the like the big pieces, like the the rancor. Okay, so what oh, what were the big what were the big ticket uh, pieces besides the Rancor Rancatar? Right. Um, what what made you fly from Miami and Seattle respectively to go to some weirdo's nice not a weirdo just some, no he wasn't a weirdo he's, he's some a eccentric tiki mug collector tiki mug collectors collection what 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 made you actually come out there? So uh, yes, yeah, so there are really like four major. Uh, displays that were, I guess, would be considered like tougher to find and more desirable. So one was a 12-figure long header, um, and displays like action figures in the in the cool yellow and red style, and has a picture of each one of the 12 uh, figures. Actually, they're kind of prototype or first shots of the figures. Um, and um, or are they first shots, Isaac, or are they bench shots? Um, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Okay, so there's a twelve. There's a twelve long hitter. So that was that was probably the, the biggest ticket item. So then, so then this is like just to paint a picture for those who can't see it. It's a really long figure, uh, like header, which is like a big piece of cardboard, and it just has all the figures pretty well spaced and well posed. And uh, yeah, it's and, and so that's that's a rare piece. Is that right? Yeah, that's probably was probably the toughest piece uh, in that collection. There's actually three long headers that Kenner made: the twelve figure one, and then there's a twenty figure one with the Boba Fett offer, and then there's mm -hmm. a collect all twenty one long header. So actually, those latter two are even more difficult to find. But the twelve long header in itself is just it's a it's a prime piece. That's uh, that's a tough find. So um, and to give you an idea of how long it is. Um, according to the the merchandiser, which is the book that like actually displays how you would use these store displays, you could fit six carded figures underneath it. So you'd have two rows of six to have uh, to have all the twelve backs underneath. So <laughs> that's to give you an idea of the scale. Yeah, and more likely it was uh, it was either placed in a, like a wireframe type uh, scenario, or because they have they have these wireframe type displays. That I guess could potentially be counter or shelf, and the long header would slide into the wireframe, and then there'd be little um, little prongs that the figures can go on. But also, it could be you know just whatever tacked on uh, to the top of a end cap or something similar. Awesome. 
So, Steve, that's pretty pretty meaty, that's right? Pretty pretty insane. Yeah. Pretty neat. Is that pretty in, in detail? Or? Yeah, that's great. Now, did I even see it? I don't think I even saw it. I think you had it all wrapped up, right? Mm, no, no, you saw it. saw it. I did. Okay. Had, I, like I had it wrapped in like cellophane, I think. But yeah. you're still able to see it. Well, I, I have to say that. Uh, so that was the, the the most valuable thing I think you guys found, and then you had all these great um, water damaged posters from like that were giveaways with like Don, Tide, and Cheer, right? Like he had like this crazy amount of these posters. I don't know how much detergent that guy used to drink. Why do I keep acting like he's a weirdo, Steve? Tiki Man is nice. Oh, Got to ease up on him. Ease I know. Up on him. Tiki Man, nice. Um, but. Uh, so there's enough of them that that uh, they let me take take home some, and I gave them to did my you, kids. Uh, did you, I was say, did you put them in the laundry room? <laughs> wow, no, I didn't. I just gave them to my kids, and it's so cool. I'll put up a picture. They're hanging in my kids' rooms. Like awesome. my kids' rooms are slowly but surely becoming like 1983 bedrooms. Like I've got the ice capades with Princess Kanisa up there, and uh, you know, like cool Darth Vader posters from 1980. So. That was some of the the less valuable stuff. Um, so, what, what's another one of the high ticket items uh, or big ticket items? Will there's also like a larger uh, toy center, like original Star Wars toy center gondola header, um, and there's uh, this one's not necessarily expensive item, but it's re- it's relatively difficult to find, and actually it's, it's probably like a it falls into the unloved category of displays, Ooh. and that's the the Empire Strikes Back movie uh, rebate uh, display. That's actually a pretty tough find. Um, and then the last one was the um, was the three-figure dangler little shelf talker, tiny little mini plastic display. So those were probably the top four Wait. of all the displays, as far as, like, Kenner displays. There's some other cool items in there that were uh, uh, like really difficult finds, not necessarily... Valuable, but uh, and I, I don't know, we can talk about that now. Or no, I, I just I have to tell you I have to tell you something, okay? So sometimes when we talk on this show, uh, Steve and I will like look stuff up so we have more information. So when you said movie rebate display, I remembered it, but I didn't really have it. So I was thinking maybe I'd find it on the archive, whatever. So if you type in right now, faithful uh, space freaks, movie rebate display ESB. The first hit is Vintage Star Wars Trade for Tiki Mugs at Tiki Central. (laughs) (laughs) So this guy uh, who goes by Uga Muga uh, is is, uh, the Tiki Man. He has pictures of his entire Star Wars collection. You can see the entire find that they just made in nice little pictures uh, on (laughs) TikiRoom.com. Oh man! You guys, go. you guys gotta look it up. Do you, do you mind me saying that? That there's such detailed pictures. Yeah, I mean it's kind of after the fact. So it's and that, he that's actually not even where Isaac um, found the guy. I think he he posted. The, I don't know. He posted that after the fact, Isaac, or or what? I think that was after, right around the same time. Yes, yeah, kind of right around the same time. Yeah, 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 it was like, yeah, like from 2011 or something. Yes, it's from 2011. Yep. And there's there's great great posts afterwards. Someone goes from trek to tr- from trekkie to tiki. Good trade. 
and they were like, oh, yeah, but it's Star Wars, not Star Trek. <laughs> <sighs> and also, you had a pretty sweet uh, bootleg Darth Vader uh, ceramic, um, well, not bootleg, but Lamp, whatever, a craft yeah, sit, yeah. lacquered Knock black off. mug. Now, have you, have you plugged that in yet? Uh, actually, you know, I haven't. Uh, no, 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 we, we plugged it in at FedEx. Can you plug it in at FedEx? Oh, yeah, we did. Awesome. Yeah, and uh, yeah. the the inner lights, I don't think there were inner lights to it. I think it was just the regular lamp, even though it had the holes. And yeah. I, I think you're, you're the one who was telling me to somehow come up with some LED lighting for the inside. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's neat, the, the bonus rebate movie poster. It's pretty cool. Because it's got like 3PO and R2-D2 and then a whole bunch of pictures of toys underneath. Um, it's a very kind of charming poster. and I mean, a display. I've, I don't think I'd really ever paid pay attention to it until I was looking at it at a, well, while playing my rank guitar. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and the whole thing was like she wouldn't cut anything unless it was really careful. So eventually, Will just jumped behind the counter with his own box cutter <laughs> from his own pocket and was just cutting willy-nilly. And she's like, oh, my. Oh, hope there's no video. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> I, re I really just couldn't take it anymore. It was just so painful watching me, uh, or what, trying to watch her pack the things. It was, it was funny, like, when, when we first started out, she said something to the effect of, oh, great, yeah, I just had training on this box. I'm like, okay, good, so you'll be really proficient at putting this together. And then she started it, like, oh, my gosh, on and on. And she, she, I mean, like, literally, she'd take, like, 15 minutes to put one box together. And then... Uh, <laughs> now I have to and say, I, could, I, really, I couldn't, I couldn't believe Sky that you were, you, you just hung out with us. But like on numerous occasions, like Sky, it's cool, man. You don't have to feel like you're obliged <laughs> to be with us. You can go home and sleep. You know, you got kids and all that. So I, I really appreciate that. That was, that was oh, really I, nice of you to kind of hang fun. with us the whole time. I mean, you have to understand that, like. I really enjoy thinking about Star Wars toys. And so there's so much stuff. Like I would just sit there and like look at the side of the Darth Vader, yeah, the, you know, the the Death Death Star playset and like, you know, I never really looked at that that much and you know, just think about stuff and and it was really fun. I I must say, I know um it's kind of a topic Steve, actually maybe we could talk about a little bit because um I got called out um by Ron. Uh, oh, um, because last month I was saying that I both said that I had no idea who this Mark Palomo character was, who uh, <laughs> who wrote this book, and right. then I also said that it's great. There's all these other podcasts, and how much I liked Galaxy of Toys. And then Ron's like, uh, Mark Palomo's been on Galaxy of Toys like ten times. Like, how did you not hear it? And so, you know, like my whole thing is I don't listen to every other podcast. I listen to some of them. I usually listen to. You know, either Star Wars Forum UK or Galaxy of Toys. Like, yeah, every couple months, like, I'll listen mm -hmm. to a couple of them in a row. Yeah. So I'm not too uptight about people knowing our show or listening to it a lot. But it was pretty funny, Steve, because they kept on making references to the laser discs. And <laughs> Will's like, the laser discs will sell. I'm like, what laser discs? And I was just like, yeah, yeah, we can sell the laser discs. I'm like, and I picked them up, and they were CEDs, capacitance electronic devices. And I'm like, capacitance. And they're like, yes, capacitance. And they, they just didn't react. And 
it, it oh, didn't bother me. Funny. It didn't bother me that they <laughs> hadn't listened to the show. It bothered me that they missed the chance to truly have a wonderful experience of <laughs> finding capacitances <laughs> in the wild. Um, <laughs> so since then, Isaac uh, sent me a text saying, "I just listened to the capacitance. Hilarious!" So, <laughs> so that is right. that is Steve's other other focus. So that that was very funny. <laughs> Like, uh, the laser disc will sell. What? This is a capacitance. So it was really cool. I got, I got yeah. to tell them what it was. Yeah. Yeah. So that, I mean, you, you mentioned that the, the, the I guess there's CEDs. But yeah. that's also something that was interesting to see all the other like oddball stuff that you know I really I've never really focused on or paid too much attention to. It was interesting to see all the different paperwork and advertising and little clippings that you know that that this guy had saved. Um, and, and so that was that was really neat to see all that stuff, um, and that was really fun to go through all that stuff as well. Um, so I don't know, that was just a little bonus. I guess. Yeah, he had he had like a like some really cool like non Kenner displays too. Like the there's like a belt display hmm. um, for the for the old Star Wars belts. Kind of list the list the address of the of the place like San Francisco, California. Oh, that thing was awesome. Yeah, it was yeah. a display for belts. That was like the most Todd Chamberlain-y thing I've ever seen. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I'd, I'd never heard of it. I wasn't really aware of it. It was very awesome, and it looked insanely rare. <laughs> yeah, there are also some uh, some rare pajamas that uh, that came with the this thing. And uh, actually, Isaac was uh, he was teasing me a bit, and when we were talking last week, he he pretended that. Uh, I guess one of his girlfriends uh, used the pajamas, and, uh, and I got I got a little bit upset that uh, he let he let his girlfriend uh, put on the pajamas because they were you know a super rare item. But it turns out he uh, I don't know, from what he says he was just joking. I'm not sure if he was really joking or not, or whether right. once he sensed my anger he changed the story and somehow was going to dry clean the pajamas and rewrap them. I don't know. So I'll pretend. That I'm free from sorrow. So, so this is another thing that happened. So I was sitting there eating, uh, eating ribs at 12:30 with, uh, with Isaac and Ville, and uh, they were talking to me about how they hated this term in the wild. Mm -hmm. And first of all, apparently it's a term that's used a lot on Facebook, and I am just starting to use Facebook now. Which, by the way, Steve. We gotta get people to like our Facebook page. We're not even we up do. to five hundred yet. I know it's kind of sad. <laughs> I just posted like my collection photos. That it's pretty. They're pretty good photos, and uh, I'm gonna erase them probably tomorrow. So if you weren't, you know, there'll be stuff that only shows up on our Facebook feed. We, we need more input there. But they were talking about this term in the wild. So yeah. what does the term mean, Will? And why do you hate it? I don't know what it means, really. Does it mean like you're going commando? Does it mean you're running naked through the woods? Or what does what does in the wild mean? I, I really don't know. That's <laughs> I know you're joking, but I was actually thinking. I was actually prepared for this question, so I was really trying to come up with a good definition for this. And I, I was. This is what I came up with, basically. Something that is um, something that you find or that you buy that is not. From another collector. Ah. I, I think that's the most general 
general term that you could that, that you could apply. But, but how about other words, from an original collector like like the Tiki Mug Man, right? So he, you know, he originally got the stuff and he was a collector of the stuff. Right. 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 But I, I think that no fault was, was that category. category. So I guess you would have to have that sort of kind of wild. Okay, I'm gonna let Isaac talk. <laughs> no, so I, I mean, I know we're trying to bust my chops over over this exact definition, but I think in general, I think we all know what it means. But if I buy something from Will, that's not necessarily in the wild. But if I, you know, I guess you could say that this find was sort of, I mean, no, it was, it was in the wild, meaning it didn't come from another toy dealer, it didn't come from another active modern day collector. Um, and you could debate what modern day active collector means, but I, I, it's a general feeling, I think. Okay, can, can, I, can I add a caveat? Can I add a caveat of also not off of eBay because a lot of people sell things on yeah. eBay. They're not collectors, and that's not in the yeah. wild. So not on eBay, yeah. not from a an active collector, and that's how you define it. But what what if what if like uh, Isaac, you said buying something from me doesn't count? As like in the wild, but what if I was wearing a loincloth and living out in the woods, and you came to my cabin, and then you you bought like a, a twelve act Darth Vader for me? Would that be in the wild? Yes. Hey, hey Steve. <laughs> yeah. Have you noticed a lot of sexual tension between Isaac and Will on the show? <laughs> Lots of talk about like getting breakfast together and and girlfriends and pajamas uh, and stuff and yeah, yeah. loincloths. It's uh, well. Anyways, I, I think it's an interesting question about should the term be used. So Isaac, I I I mean, uh, uh, Will, I really enjoy the fact that you have lots of uh, strongly held opinions that don't appear to be based on um, much reasoning or logic, other than just disliking people. Because <laughs> um, I'm very much the same way. So first, you came out against the term in the wild, which I kind of understand, just because I think the main objection to it is that it comes off as kind of elitist or sort of like. Um, it's like special, you know, which is like, is it, you know, I just want a, a, a thing off of eBay that I'm really excited about, you know, is that less special than if I had talked to my neighbor and his grandmother had a whole bunch of Star Wars toys in the closet, you know, is, is that different or not? Now, the other one, Will, was that you didn't want to call it the hobby anymore. What's the deal with yeah, that? Yeah, I don't know. What, what does that mean? Again, I asked, I asked the question, what does the hobby mean? Is that like stamp collecting or is that like coin collecting or what's the hobby? How, I, like how did that term even come around and like why is that referred to like vintage Star Wars collecting as the hobby? Just I don't understand it more than anything. Do you also dislike vintage because there are so many things that are vintage? I like vintage. Mm. I like vintage. <laughs> No reasoning behind it. I really don't have any reasoning or logic behind my opinions. They're just, they're just there. Right. So, so Cavcast so, at gmail dot com. Do you have an alternate name for the Star War vintage Star Wars collecting hobby? I spent a lot of time <laughs> that night trying to figure out what we should call it. Um, I didn't come up with many answers. Uh, what do you think, Steve? Is it, is it the Cavcast still, or is it? I thought you switched it to the Cavcast. <laughs> <laughs> there is actually now a podcast by the Chive. So yes. There is a Chive podcast. We're not affiliated with them. No. <laughs> and there's just, also I'm a vintage dig, pod. I'm digging so, up old skeletons here. Yeah, you are. 
<laughs> it's actually the Chawi cast. The V is pronounced like a W. Uh, oh, yeah. Chawi. Yeah. Chawi. All right. Well, then let's let's break out of this conversation. And what do you say? <clears throat> I don't know, Steve. See, the problem is, see, they, they they gave me a couple of these weird oddball things that they found in their in their collection. And so yeah. we actually haven't talked about Luke Hoth in a while. That's so true. I would like to, before we go to a nugget out of nowhere, okay. talk about something, Steve. <laughs> it's uh, called Reed. Now, Isaac and Will, do you remember giving me Reed? Giving you what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was some some like little pamphlet or something that we gave you. Yeah, it's a, it's a black and white like pamphlet yeah. with oh, green. Yeah. And I looked it up. So this is talk about meat. This thing is amazing. So it's from 1980. It's from May 1980. It's actually made by the Xerox Corporation. Um, so out of Rochester, although it was uh, public, uh, published in Columbus. And it features on the cover, Steve, completely unloved, Luke on a Tauntaun. Huh. And as far as I can tell, it's one of the most bizarre Luke, Ta- Luke Hoth items. That's our figure of the month. Right. <clears throat> and it includes <laughs> this cavalcade of inaccuracies about Empire Strikes Back. So really? The whole, the whole magazine is designed to get kids excited about reading, in particular about reading in English. Okay. Um, so it's educational, informative, and unbiased. That's what they say. And their whole goal is a magazine for reading in English. So let me start off with reading it to you here. <clears throat> it's 10.15 on a Wednesday morning, and I sit daydreaming at my desk. A mere six inches from the tip of my nose, a ferocious Chewbacca bears his teeth. Nearby, Luke Skywalker struggles for his life against the deadly blows of Snaggletooth. And off to one side, Princess Leia looks on, fear casting a shadow over her lovely face. To my left looms Darth Vader. I shudder at the sight of his ominous black cape. No less frightening, though. It's made of plastic. That's right, plastic. Alas. These are not the real heroes of Star Wars. They are only the toy, quote, action figures I bought at the store. So, pretty cool. Starts off with Kenner. This is where it starts getting strange. But these toy likenesses can still make the wheels of memory spin as I recall the last glimpse of my Star Wars pals. How could I ever forget the lightsaber duel in which Obi-Wan Kenobi stalled Darth Vader so that Princess Leia and company could escape in the Millennium Falcon? Debatable. Or the eye-boggling explosion when the Death Star disintegrated into a billion bullets of fire. Or Chewbacca's embarrassed groan as Princess Leia slipped the gold medal of honor around his hairy neck. No, I can't forget them. Their memory only makes me eager to see them again. (laughs) So isn't that great that he's like, who could forget this thing that definitely didn't happen? Okay, so then this person apparently saw an early screening of Empire Strikes Back, or maybe Steve just read the script, because so when it when it hits theaters on May twenty first, this is what you'll be treated to see. Did Obi Wan Kenobi really die when Darth Vader's lightsaber struck him down? What startling piece of news will Luke Skywalker learn about his real father? Will Darth Vader's newly hired henchman Boba Fett succeed in capturing Han Solo? But I don't really intend to tantalize you with a game of 20 questions. As a matter of fact, I have quite a few details on the new adventures of Princess Leia and her fellow freedom fighters, so read on. 
Yes, Darth Vader will return, brandishing his lightsaber and wheezing menacingly through his face mask. He will launch a ruthless campaign to convert Luke to the Imperial cause, and his weapons will be many and dangerous. Darth Vader will use an electronic torture act to try and break the spirits of the Alliance leaders. He will make use of specially trained garbage collectors to hunt down R2-D2 and C-3PO. Their mission? To smash the robots into bits and melt them down. <laughs> I suppose that's Ugnaughts? Yeah, I guess so. Especially yeah. trained garbage collectors? <laughs> I like that. That's a good description <laughs> for them. <laughs> he will create a giant space slug. A slug that is like oh, a man. snail without the <laughs> shell that can suck an entire spaceship into its huge metal mouth. Ah, <laughs> uh, um... Okay, uh, when all else fails, Darth Vader will turn a devilish chamber that freezes a body live and then encases it in a thick metal coating. So it kind of goes on from there. And it ends with, Luke, of course, sets off immediately to aid his friends, thereby falling into his deadly trap. Darth Vader has laid for him. The two arch enemies meet. And then suddenly, wait a minute, you don't want me to tell you the ending now, do you? Of course not. That would spoil the show. <laughs> so <laughs> I think if you read this, you would really have a confused thing like specially trained garbage collectors whose goal is to smash them and melt them down there yeah there's interesting like degrees of truth you can see there there where you know someone got something from the actual story and just kind of uh decided to take their own yeah. <laughs> spin on it who could forget chewbacca's embarrassed groan <laughs> so thank you very much will and Isaac. that provided some great content for the show yeah, yeah. I didn't even read it. I mean, I it says read on it, but I didn't read it. Is that bad? <laughs> uh, and then the other thing is, um, they uh, there's a whole collection of um, these like business cards. Have you ever seen these, Steve? Oh, uh, I don't know which ones you're you're talking about just yet. So they uh, were like made by fans, assumably okay. for conventions, All and. Right. Uh, they just made them up for the characters in Star Wars. And they're just these goofy business cards, and they're beautiful. So the one I'm, I'm going to read to you now is The Cantina. And it says, The Cantina, Moss Eisley Spaceport, Tatooine, SS Tattoo, <clears throat> Live Entertainment, Progressive Jazz Quartet, <laughs> <laughs> BYOB, Bring Your Own Blaster, Convicts and Villains Welcome, No Droids Allowed. But uh, I'll put a picture up of it. It's just this simple one-color uh, business card. But I just love the idea that someone went to all the effort to make these business cards. Yeah. <laughs> so I'll, I'll read one of those every month. Awesome. Well, we're just blowing through all these uh, conversation topics, eh, Steve? <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> all right. What do you say we uh, get to the nugget? All right. Sounds good. All right. Tis a nugget from the archive. Tis a nugget. Oh my god, they're gorgeous. From the archive. Oh my god, they're gorgeous. So Steve has a nugget, and uh, I haven't even really looked at it. So why don't we let uh, Isaac talk about the nugget this month? Okay. <laughs> uh, Luke on Tonton Teapot. So this was, um, this is a piece that I, I always thought was really cool, actually. Um, but... I always wonder, like, who really actually, if anyone ever used this. So it's made by Spigma, which is actually, it's weird. It's like a Japanese marketing company. It's a division of a Japanese marketing company. Really? Um, 
Yeah, it it they did like place settings, like bowls and cups, and then they did um, I guess these this Star Wars line, and I'm not sure that they did much else. I tried to find what else they did. So I always wonder. I always thought the Sigma line was kind of a little under underrated. I thought it was really neat, um, and I still do. Um, uh, and it's kind of like a little side focus of mine, which we could talk about later. That's another topic. Focusing. Um, so yeah, so basically, this is a, a teapot in the shape of a tauntaun. It's kind of like on top of a snow, like a, a mound of snow, and then Luke is <laughs> is, is riding it. That sounds awful, but <laughs> basically, uh, yeah, basically, uh, it's Luke on, on a tauntaun as a teapot. It's kind of neat, but seems a little. Um, I don't, know, I don't know if I would use it on a, on a and uh, actual, I don't drink tea, so I don't know. But <laughs> I don't, if I did, I don't know. I would actually. <laughs> uh, if I did, I don't know that I would. Use. Well, it's great because the the mound of snow it kind of reminds you like we were actually talking earlier um, about the the sculptor who did Luke Hoth, and you know he would often do peop- he'd often do the the leaning, uh, mm-hmm. leaning characters, and if you actually go back to Renaissance uh, sculpture which is what he was impressed by, what he was kind of imitating, you know, they would try to show that you could show people in dynamic poses leaning and everything, but you'd always have to put little shrubbery or something at their feet to make sure they wouldn't fall over. So when I first saw this, I thought it was a sculpture, and the guy just did not know how to make something that would stand up. (laughs) But really, all this snow is just so you could put water in there, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, I guess that that makes makes sense. I never thought about that, but there you go. It's funny that, that Isaac, you mentioned Sigma as a, as a marketing company, and I didn't realize this either, but um, Derek, Uncle Gundy, he had recently posted uh, like a sample of one of these, on, I think it was on Facebook, one of the Facebook groups, and the sample sticker, it says Sigma Marketing Systems, Inc. Japan, and I, I just had never seen that before, made that connection, so it's interesting that you brought that up. It, it makes, I guess it makes sense now yeah. that... In a weird way, um, but yeah, they, they definitely made some some strange things. <laughs> some of my favorite things. That's why I, I wanted to try and find something that, that you know people do love, but it's it's not related to the figure. I wanted to try and find something different. Yeah. So so if if that's one of the things that you collect, uh, Isaac, what's like the holy grail of Sigma collectors? What's the hardest thing to find in the Sigma line? Oh man, you put me on the spot. Uh, <laughs> Seeing as you're the I've big always, expert. Always, no, I never said I was an expert. I just thought they were really cool, and I kind of collected them on the side. But I think the most expensive, the most expensive. I know that Luke, Luke on Tonton Teapot is considered uh, one of the better pieces, as opposed to say like the character mugs. I think the Sice Noodles band is also pretty expensive. Um, but I'm not sure what the Holy Grail is. Um, Okay, well, Kivecast at, at gmail.com. This actually leads to another one of our, our conversation topics, um, which was that you guys are really big. And I just spent a whole weekend with Yehuda, yeah. so I feel like I'm, I'm surrounded by people who don't believe in having a focus. Um, so what's your what's your beef, guys? What's your beef about foci? Do you have a beef with people who have a focus, Will? Yeah, no, no I, I, don't, I don't discriminate against all focus collectors. I just think, that, like, sometimes, uh, like, do, doing a focusing kind of gets you into a rut where you're also, in the beginning, it's great, I'm collecting, you know, every single, uh, you know, Klaatu item there is out there, 
And then all of a sudden you come to a point where, oh, I can't get anything more. And then, and then there's nothing more to collect. And then they, and then basically they kind of, I don't know, this seems like there's being sometimes like an implosion of these focus collectors once they reach a point where like, oh, I can't get anything more. So I'm not going to collect anymore. Uh, so that's one thing. The, the other thing is, yeah, yeah, and again, I don't want to sound like a complete ass about this, but sometimes there, there's like this, it appears to be like this sense of entitlement. Uh, for like certain items, so if somebody happens to be a focus collector for this particular character, then all the stuff needs to go to that particular person. And, and, I, and I, I don't like that mindset. I, you know, I love collecting Star Wars stuff, and I, um, and I don't want to feel limited by a particular character. I'd rather just collect whatever I particularly like. And then, uh, and I also don't want to feel obliged to say, okay, well, I found this Klaatu item. Now I have to I feel obliged to, you know, maybe offer this to the Klaatu person first. Right. That's well. That's that's interesting. I think because, um, as you may know, the the panel that I'm giving at uh, a celebration is with the Bills, uh, McBride and uh, Cable, and we actually talk about the end, like when it feels like you get to the end of the line and what you can do when you feel as though there's nothing else left to buy. Um, and I think we kind of, we go into that. I don't think we quite go into the entitled thing because it's hard when you're a focus collector not to feel entitled. Um, <laughs> yeah. Will and I are, are yeah. testing that pan, just so you know. Uh, <laughs> we're going to be, we're going to be uh, out there like, picketing. Uh, picketing, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. Well, I mean, I'm I'm also an impression to each his own, and that's fine. You can collect whatever you like, but me in particular, I don't ever uh, vision myself uh, becoming a focus collector. Yeah, it's it's funny because even though I am a focus collector, I my my issue is that I it often seems as though people treat it as something compulsory, and I mean, I know that you know I started I was a focus collector before I collected vintage, so that's like a weird thing. Like I made yeah, that decision. Yeah, I think that's that's kind of a unique situation for you, Sky. I mean, yeah. I don't think that happens that often. So I can't even really imagine what it would be like to just say, you know, to see a Klaatu and buy a Klaatu just because. You know, like that, that must be very freeing, but it also, it's horrifying for me just because my, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's it's so nice not having to think about what's cool, having to think about what's cool of the stuff that I get. Um, <clears throat> so I am kind of worried. Yeah, yeah. yeah, like that being said, you know, I... You know, we just did this huge find of all this cool stuff. We were limited by, fo you know, a focus, and we wouldn't even be interested in most of the stuff. However, when we went through the stuff, you know, we were looking through and like, oh, here's this cool Chewbacca business card. This would be awesome for Sky. He'd love this, or you know, whatever. You know, the same thing with with the necklace, and uh, yeah. I can. We gave you the plates too, which you already had. So, so I think I think there, there's definitely positive aspects. To it, but uh, like I said, me in particular, I I don't uh, I don't like it for my own collecting. Right. Well, um, speaking of another thing that you gave me, um, I want to do a market watch, Steve. Oh, okay. I know. I know we haven't done the unloved yet, but we don't have Will for all the time in the world. So I would like to do <clears throat> a combo market watch. Okay. I want to do a 2015 market watch. And a 1986 market watch. Okay. So part of the whole thing is uh, Isaac and Will 
they has a huge box that they just wanted shipped, uh, you know, like the slowest way possible because it was just filled with like coloring books and just kind of junk they didn't care that much about. Right. Okay. But the, but uh, I hate to tell you, Isaac, you made a huge mistake because on the very top of it, you included the official price guide to Star Trek and Star Wars collectibles by Sue, Sue Cornwall <laughs> and Michael Cott from 1986. That's, that's where, where that went. We were wondering. Yeah, it, it's there, and I... This book is like the coolest thing I have ever read. So we're going to do a combo market watch. Okay. One dollar flicks. Market watch. Okay, Steve. So uh, let's see. Why don't we start with uh, Fantastic Pete? Right? Okay. All right. So uh, he had some interesting foreign carded figures, right? Yes, yes. Uh, he had a, a couple of them. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, so what, what was the first one? So the first one uh, was a clipper C-3PO um, from the Netherlands that went for just, I guess, just over $4,100, 4161 it's, it's definitely not the craziest thing we've seen. <laughs> no. Um, and then, uh, let's see here. Do you want to toggle, toggle back in time for, uh, okay. (laughs) So I have a question. Okay. In 1986, there is a star Wars item that is worth the following mint on carded figures. Okay. So I'm putting together a trade. Okay. All right. And I'm going to make you come ahead, go ahead in this trade. I'm going to trade you all 12 12 backs mint on card carded. I am going to throw in Yoda and Boba Fett. All debut cards, all mint on card. What would you trade for all of those? <laughs> now, it's a little bit hard because the item I'm asking for is actually worth more than uh, the first 12 figures, Yoda and uh, Boba Fett. So I don't know if you'd be willing to make this trade, but <clears throat> it's um, a Darth Vader speakerphone. <laughs> um, <laughs> so according to the price guide, the Darth Vader speakerphone was produced by ATC, an AT&T branch, 14 inches, extremely high quality collectible, limited production. <clears throat> so that's worth $150 in 1986. <laughs> And every 12 back is worth 10 or $15. And Boba Fett is worth 5 and Yoda <laughs> is worth 5 <laughs> Oh, how, how many reverse mans? How many yeah, man, right. nams does that get? <laughs> Isn't that awesome, though? Oh, wow. Like, I just looked through trying to find anything that cracked three digits. And, like, this phone, which I, I looked it up. And and on eBay right now, uh, do you know how much that goes for? Wait, let, let's see. Uh, Will might know. Will, how much do you think a Darth Vader speakerphone goes for now? I don't know, like forty-seven dollars. <laughs> well, I, I see you buy it now around seventy to a hundred bucks. Uh, so I means, would only pay forty-seven dollars. <laughs> <laughs> so that means if in nineteen eighty-six you use this price guide and you decided to go for that trade. You would have had a net loss of about seventy dollars 
<laughs> versus, I don't know, what, 15,000 <laughs> if you had gone through the carded <laughs> figures. So there's there's one trip back to the, the guide to Star Trek and Star Wars. What's the next figure, Steve, in the market All right. watch? All right, so the next we got uh, an Italian Yoda, uh, the Harvard. Um, and this one isn't graded, um, but it sold for 5675 yeah, no, not, not Harbor Yoda, that's a tough one. It's like highly sought after. So uh, it, it, I would say it's a more popular piece than just a random C-3PO Clipper card. So if it sold for about 5000 and the Clipper C-3PO sold for 4000 I got to say, the bubble is wicked yellow on this. That's true. Um, I, which I, it would just bother me about it being shipped. You yeah. know what I miss? I miss seeing who bought the items. Don't you miss that? Yeah, I think I've posted something like that one time or sent an email or something and no one like no one cared. I thought that was a huge turning point in That's a big change. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I, you know, I, I just think that that was the world. I used to what did you call it? <laughs> the hobby. Um but I used to I, I don't know, I used to love seeing what other people bid on and, and you find kinda of neat stuff and uh, I know people kind of hated that, but, you know, I, I thought that was, like, that was like a huge part of what I used to do um, yeah. routinely. Um, and now that's completely Stock gone. People. Completely Stock people on a regular yeah. basis. Basically, yeah. yeah. Well, I, I remember that was my, my introduction uh, into the hobby um, was, uh, was at Celebration 3 was Todd Hudson talking to Derek about how they both said, who the hell is Skyrock? Because <laughs> I just showed up and just started buying all the Chewy stuff from what they felt was out of nowhere, and uh, and now that never would happen. You know, they they wouldn't they would never associate me with that. Yeah, you would never know, and it's just all anonymous now, which is uh, which is a shame. But I, I kind of understand what they're going through. Um, so, Steve. All right. What do you think? An authenticated original. Set used Star Wars script would sell for in 1986. What would it sell for now? Do you think now? God, I don't know. Um, I feel like there was some kind of similar thing that was being sold for around ten thousand or, or something like that not that long ago. Um, it may not have been a script. It was some kind of production material. But um, so, are you talking about 1986 though? Right back yeah, in time. Yeah, 1986. Production used script. Uh. A hundred bucks? Nope, it was two hundred. Oh, okay. So, uh, just kind of neat. They, it was strange that it's in. It doesn't seem like that should be in a price guide. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's. It does kind of. It's an outlier. <laughs> um, so you just kind of get the sense that he sort of had them, and then it immediately goes into bulletin boards and uh, and stationery and school supplies. Um, <laughs> it's pretty cool because a lot of the things have like um, definitions, and they explain. Explain what things are like. They had to explain the micro collection. Huh. Um, micro collections were an attempt by Kenner to diversify their Star Wars line. These sets came with posed, painted diecast metal figures. These sets should not be confused with those made for larger action figures. <laughs> uh, wow. All right. So, uh, what's the last one of our uh, Fratastic Pete crazy foreign? Uh, uh, Items. Okay, so the last one, it's a uh, vinyl cape Jawa 
on a Toltoy's Empire Strikes Back card. Um, and then the interesting thing about this one is that, I guess, when the guy originally sent it to get authenticated, it was only partially attached on, to the... The bubble was only partially attached, and they decided once it was graded that it was better to just have it encased on the card. But anyway, it sold for uh, $31.99. Um, but, I mean, and the, inter- the interesting thing about it, too, is if you read the the note from CIB... Um, there's just an odd phrase in there about how we know we were authenticating this, but we, it's, it wouldn't, we're not authenticating it in the way that we normally would guarantee with other items just because of how, you know, unique it is. So I don't know. It's, that's just kind of basically it, but I don't get this thing at all. Yeah. It's odd. (laughs) So if you look at it, do, do either of you know anything more about this? Will or Isaac? Uh, um, yeah, the jaw, the jaw, yeah. I think, is basically a little bit different. I, um, I know the, I think the plastic for the legs and torso, I think, gets speckled, the figure. And I think, uh, the, the cape, I can't remember if the cape is slightly different, uh, also. Um, but, but yeah, there, there's definitely legitimate, uh, vinyl cape jaw on Empire Strikes Back cards. Um, that were supposedly only released in Australia. Yeah, but the have you actually seen what this thing looks like? It's it's yeah. got a. Oh, you mean the you mean the a, ca- how how they did the case on it? Yeah, it's like that. an AFA case inside. Yeah, yeah, it. yeah. I mean, it's basically it's like a loose figure with uh, you know it's a loose figure, but they paired it with uh, the card back that it supposedly came off of. What you know, what does that mean? I mean, how do you know it came with that? Um, so yeah, I, I, no, I agree with, yeah, the, the oddballness of the, of the option and how it's put together. But, but yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't know how much do vinyl cape jobs go for now anyways? How much would an Australian vinyl cape job go for? I don't, I don't know. Um, I don't know. Yeah, there was Okay, I don't know. There, there, there was some like big discussion on the, on Rebel Scum I don't know, a couple of years ago, a few years ago. If you guys remember that, I'm sure somebody, one of the listeners, will remember and post a link to it. Yes, kivecast at gmail dot com. Uh, <laughs> well, actually, I, I don't know how people respond to our show, Steve. It's like it's like five different Facebook pages and the forums and the the only place I know they don't. Is on our blog. No one comments <laughs> on our blog. <laughs> it's just there for posterity, Sky. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, so. going back to 1986, it's pretty interesting yeah. that posters really did seem to be where it was at. That seemed to be one of the big things. Was um, you know, I mean, it's not in line with what it is today, but still, like a one sheet uh, advance poster was 400 bucks, um, and like. A lot of things would 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 be in the higher levels, and then what I remember from looking at this book in the '80s, and I wanted to check to see if that's correct. It is still very much true that the concept was that 12-inch figures were it, action figure large, that was it. So a Boba Fett, uh, a, a three and three-quarter Boba Fett was worth ten dollars, but a, a boxed uh, doll was worth two hundred and fifty, mm. and this was where 
the IG-88 was 400. And I remember looking at it. Right, thinking, right. That's the thing. If you looked at this and wanted to see what's the most valuable thing you could get from Kenner, that was your answer um, by far. Uh, it was the most valuable thing. And then, Steve, just just to ask, so how much more is a Boba Fett Return of the Jedi action figure, how much is the, more is that worth than a B-Wing pilot action figure? <laughs> Oh man. Um jeez. Ten dollars. <laughs> nope, they're the same price. Alright. Hey. <laughs> all Return of the Jedi action figures are worth three dollars. <laughs> and all Empire figures are worth five. Even playing field, man. Even playing field. That's right. <laughs> Maybe that's why there's so many beaming pilots out there. They were just still sitting out there, someone had this book and they were like, I'm gonna be counting the cash. <laughs> Uh, oh, cool. I, I like that. I like that. That was good to, that you had that with you to do the the dual market watch. Good, that's fun. Yeah. Well, it's. Uh, it, it, I was very excited to see it in the box that I was supposed to send off already. <laughs> <laughs> but then I, I guess probably the the last thing we should do is the next part of the market watch, which is the game. So this is this will be very exciting. So Will has to go, but we'll make this an exciting thing. So Steve, how does this work? All right, so we're going to do the Vlix is right, right, for, for a couple Lukoff items? Sure. Okay. Um, so I have a handful that uh, Mike had sent me. Let's see what I got. I can pull up the list. All right, one second. <clears throat> okay. Um, so I'm just we're going to do three different um, Empire Lukoffs. Uh, 45, 47, and 48. Um, I'm going to pick just one of the random ones that sold. And uh, I guess the three of you can, can put in your guess as to what what you think it sold for. So, right, so, so we'll, we'll write it down on a piece of paper. You have three seconds to write it down. <laughs> so you write down a piece of paper. You can't lie. If you lie, I don't know. Nothing will happen. <laughs> Nothing will happen. <laughs> I'm not even sure what I'm supposed to do yet, so I'm not sure how I'd lie about it. Oh, I'm, I'm afraid I have to take 10 points away from you, Will. Okay. <laughs> so he's going to say a figure, and you're going to have to make a guess, and whoever's closest gets the point. Right. Okay? Okay, okay and we're talking prices here, right? Yeah, we're talking prices for, for carded Luke Hoffs that sold on eBay. Um, okay. All right, you guys, you guys ready? Yes. All right. So right. the first one up. Got it. Okay. So the first one up will do a forty-five back Empire Strikes Back Luke Hoth, uh, AFA eighty yellow. So it has yellow yellow bubble. To make it simple, we're going to go with you you first. What was your guess for for a Luke Hoth AFA ye, uh, yellow eighty Empire Strikes Back forty-five back? Okay. Right, so that that's uh, that's okay. I'd say like four hundred dollars. Four hundred. Okay. Sky. I said 258. Okay. Isaac? I said 151. 151. That one goes to Sky. It was a uh, $227 figure. What do you say when I say, are you somebody? Damn right I'm somebody. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> so 0.1 for Sky. All right. Um, okay, up next, we got a 47 back Empire Lukoff. AFA 70 Yellow. So another yellow bubble blue cough. Give you a second. My first again. Yeah, let's just. <laughs> Will, you go first. 
Okay. Uh, a hundred and fifty bucks. Okay. Sky. Pretty close. I said one oh nine. Okay. Isaac. One sixty eight. <laughs> well, Isaac does take this one. It sold for three hundred. What? Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Was it, five man. It was five man. It, it wasn't like Canadian or something. No, no. It was just a. As far as I can tell, it was just a, a regular forty-seven pack. <laughs> so, so this is when you can say that the market isn't always determined by eBay, because <laughs> it's very often just whoever's bidding and whatever's going on. Because there's no explaining why one hundred fifty dollars would get you a lower grade. Huh. Yeah, just, it yeah. was a. It's a weird. That's a weird one. Um, it is funny. Is this the first yellow figure that we've seen? Like, I do think of him as being quite yellow figured, yellow doubled. Yeah, right. Yeah, he's in that that kind of wave where where that starts to happen. That's for sure. Um, but yeah, that, that's an anomaly. So whoever I just knew whoever was going to pick the highest was going to get that one. So okay, well, um, we're, we're all, all right. tied except for Will. <laughs> you can have a three way tie if we if we. <laughs> I'm at minus 10 right now, right? <laughs> uh, all right. Okay, so up next, we have a 48B, ungraded. And as far as condition, I actually don't have a picture of this one, so we're just going to have to, you're just going to have to guess. Gosh. 48B, so it's basically, it's got the sticker on the, on the front and back of yeah. 48. If you so listen to the show, Will, you know that I'm the king of the 48Bs. <laughs> I, I, I currently have one. Well, two if you count my Chewy. You're the king in, like, in, in waiting. In spirit. I think I had a snipe for this one for around 70 bucks, so I know it's higher than that. <laughs> well, thanks for the hit. Let me mark yeah. it down real quick. Okay, all, right, okay. all right. All right. All right. Well, what do you got for a 48B 40, ungraded? 48B ungraded. Um, I just I'm assume gonna, it's like average. Let's, let's go back. Let's go. Let's go high again. I'm just gonna go high and go back to my original four hundred dollars. Okay. Okay. Wait, right. Is this like the price is right? If I go over, I don't. I don't. No, I it's just yeah, whatever's it's, closest. Yeah, whatever. Whoever okay. gets closest. All right, All right Sky. I, I said three ten. Okay. Isaac. I said two hundred. Well, we have another <laughs> Isaac winner here. This one was only eighty three. <laughs> I was that close. You were that close, man. You were that close. Sorry. <laughs> so Isaac takes it. Hands down. There's no yeah. sudden death. No, no sudden death, <laughs> as we've had in the past. But, man, I, wish I have I my finger it. on the pulse of the market watch. Yes, yeah, you do. Uh, yeah, apparently I don't. So, <laughs> well, maybe I'm just paying too much for all the stuff I buy. Six hundred dollars. <laughs> well, it's funny, Steve. We've really mixed things up. Like we did the script before the Sky Coup. I did the movie thought after the figure thought. We've uh, broken up the Nugget and the Unloved. It's just a crazy town. Um, so I, I do Wait, think have we should. You, have you yeah. done the Sky Coup already? Did we yes. Did that, that, that'll yeah. be that'll oh, be a oh. special special when you when you listen. Will. <laughs> <laughs> so in other words, I mean like two and a half years. Yeah, you'll, you'll never hear it. Um, although, okay, so I want to talk about something that was pretty exciting that has to do with the market watch. Which is that um, very often Brisbane Brisbane Mike will email me 
um, something, an auction that he sees, and I always appreciate it, but I never, ever buy whatever it is he sends me. I just, I, I don't bid enough or whatever it is. Um, but I was, I have not been this excited for a Chewbacca item, I mean, in years. Because finding a carded figure is just really hard, you know? I mean, I've seen them, but they, whatever, like, oh, a Meccano uh, 12 back went up for say whatever there was that Spanish one that went for seven grand last year or whatever but I managed to get um, <clears throat> it's a clipper but it's Return of the Jedi clipper and it's okay. got the sticker on the front that says clipper Mackers von Monopoly and I realized that's like really rare isn't it how often have you seen the clipper Mackers von Monopoly do you even know what I'm talking about Steve no, no. I mean that—that's definitely something. I'm just—I'm not in tune with. Okay, with Isaac, Will, stuff. have you seen the Macros Van Monopoly sticker? Is it, is it that orange and black sticker? No. So there is an, there is like a uh, like a sort of a Starburst sticker that says like new, new year, nouveau, new year. But then it's another one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's it's like a uh, it's got like a um, a swirl on it, and it's like just blue and white, I think. And it just says, you know, Mackers. It's like the, the Parker Brothers swirl. Right? Exactly, yeah. It's the Parker okay. Brothers swirl. And uh, anyways, it was, um, I just bought it on a bin. I don't know if I overpaid or underpaid or whatever. I could care less because <laughs> I've, you know, I've got so much saved up chi for buying uh, carded Chewbacca figures. Um, it, it, uh, but yeah, I don't know. I just sort of wanted to throw that out there. Like, does anyone else... What do people know about the the Mackers von Monopoly? Because obviously they make um, they Parker Brothers makes Monopoly, and that's what they're advertising. Um, but I even looked up. Remember the Jeems, Steve? Oh, wait a minute. That, that was a was that a Rebel Scum user? Yeah, yeah. He had that okay. really cool site for uh, Clipper. Oh right, yeah, yeah. That, that rings a bell. Yeah, and he just uh, and I looked up on his site. I didn't even see very many things with that with that on there. Hmm. Yeah, so it's a uh, it's anyways for for focus collector uh, Isaac and uh, and Will. That's just about the most exciting thing you can have, like a different card front, uh, a different offer. And well, okay, that's not even true for Steve because Steve doesn't collect <laughs> production. <laughs> There's not much to, not much to collect. <laughs> Well, if you were looking around for one of these, Steve, you'd be pretty psyched. Uh, oh no, I, I I agree. I'm not I'm not discounting that one bit. <laughs> yeah. So, anyways, I definitely encourage people to send me links to 48 Bs and Chewbacca's. <laughs> I don't think I'll ever win a 48 B, but uh, that'll just be your yeah your your chase figure is getting the 48 Bs. <laughs> yeah. Oh. I just found a link to um, that Clipper. Mockers von Monopoly on trilogo.info, actually. Ah. And you've got a section under the carded figure guide, um, and there's a section called import stickers. And it has that uh, Clipper Mockers von Monopoly listed on there. And he says uh, a little bit about it. So it says that um, they were, um, those stickers can be found on trilogos. The Starburst logo is more common, but both are still... You have to see it. There's a, it's a pretty interesting, so try logo that info. I had never seen that. I think I'd maybe seen that sticker before, but with so much of these stickers, when it's not on my figure, I, I just don't really care about it. So I never really noticed. 
But it's really hard to find Return of the Jedi era carded figures with any non Kenner logo on it. You know, because most places, you know, Lily Lady obviously has it. Oh, pronunciation time. Is that correct? Lily Lady? Isaac? Die Ewoks. You say. You say. And I say. Who's I? The Guidecast Pronunciation Guide. Stoomtrooper. Uh, Lily Lady. It's Lady, guess, not yeah. Lady? It's not a really. It's not. It's, no, it's not Lady. Uh, it's oh. Lady. Lady. Hey, lady. lady. But okay. that's a weird. You know, I, that'd be interesting to, to. I don't remember. I know that there were two toy, toy, either toy lines or toy companies that merged together. One was Lily and one was Letty, but I don't remember. That'd be an interesting story for. I don't know if you've done a Lily Letty episode yet or. Not really. No, not not in depth. That's. Um, there's a cool. Uh, I know this is going on a tangent, but there's a cool uh, toy museum in Mexico City, in like the worst part of Mexico City. There's a really cool vintage toy museum um, that I went to with Luis and Josefina um, one time, and that's that's pretty awesome. Um, and they have a bunch of Lily Letty toys and other Mexican toys there, and they're all vintage. So it's pretty cool. Wow. Now, when you say yeah. the worst part of Mexico City, that has to be hyperbole, right? Well, I was sitting <laughs> in the front seat of a cab with my sunglasses hanging on my shirt collar, and Luis told, and the windows were open, and Luis said. Make, put your sunglasses away because something will work, snatch, will probably snatch them from your shirt. So, I don't know. That's, you know, that was not very, uh, that was not very comforting. But, um, but yeah, I don't know. Apparently it's a really bad neighborhood. I think I looked it up on Wikipedia and it was like one of the worst neighborhoods. Wow. Um, in Mexico City. But we went anyway because, you know, what, you know, you gotta go exactly. see the boys. The same thing that kept me at FedEx until five o'clock in the morning is the same thing that sent you yeah. to the to the Lily Letty Museum. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Well, anyways, I, I, so returning to my original original point, uh, it's really hard to find. Um, well, let's see if we can do that. What Return of the Jedi carded figures have non Kenner logos on them? Lily Letty. Is that it? Meccano. Meccano. Oh. Well, I don't know. Will's supposed to be the carded uh, action figure guy. What do you What do you know? Anything, you know anything about this? Will? Or have you already gone to sleep? It's, it's pronounced Makers Van Monopoly, not Mockers Van Monopoly. Come on, you guys! <laughs> it's my Makers Van. It'd be a good like a pseudonym if you had to like check into a convention without even knowing who you are. Yes, I'm Makers Van Monopoly. <laughs> <laughs> no, I no, I don't know. Uh, like. Um, yeah, like Meccano, like yeah, you're but, saying, Meccano doesn't have really the logo on, on but, the front. So, yeah. But Meccano doesn't usually have the logo on yeah. Jedi cards. No, right? yeah. I mean, I think but, they yeah, maybe it's, did. It's lacking the Kenner logo. Right, and there's plenty that don't have the Kenner logo. What I mean is yeah. foreign logos on a different figures. I see what you mean. Like, okay. it, that just happens to be increasingly hard to find. It's easy in the beginning because you have like Harbert and you have Meccano and you have you know all those guys. And then Empire, it gets a little bit harder. And then by the time you get to Jedi, you either have nothing or right. you have uh, or you have Kenner. But anyways, right. that was uh, that was my my exciting purchase so it's cool that we brought up trilogo.info which does mention a little bit about uh the makers van monopoly <clears throat> and that's actually uh one of the sites that we probably don't reference enough um 
And another one that we don't reference enough, Steve, is out of the Great White North. Wait, oh, yes. We're going for a unloved... Uh, <laughs> yes, yes. So let's, uh, let, let's hit the unloved drop and uh, come back on the other side. You don't hate... Only the unloved hate, the unloved and the unnatural. The unloved and the unnatural. All right, Steve, so this is my thing. You know, we we always get lots of good feedback from Scott Bradley, um, Canada's greatest know-it-all. Canada's greatest know-it-all. And uh, so you are smart because he always mentions the Canadian stuff that we, like, miss – so you were smart. You went and found an unloved <laughs> item, and then you immediately looked it up on his site, which is, you know, I would put in the pantheon of top vintage Star Wars sites. It's very, very good. It's, um, yeah, really comprehensive. Um, I will say that its URL is not particularly – doesn't grab you. Uh, it's like I'd like to buy a vowel. A vowel. Um, it's like web.ncf.ca, you know, like that's – I think that just that kind of just speaks to its like longevity. That's <laughs> you know? true. You know what I mean? Like it, it has a very old school URL, which to me just means it just you know it just shows it's been around for a long time. And yeah, it's it's an awesome site. It's true. We we often will either you know mention something on the show and you know neglect the fact that there's so much more detail about it on on the Canadian Gallery. But um, yeah, I mean it, it's for this one. This is actually it's really. It sounds similar in a weird way to your magazine you're talking about in the sense that it has the Luke uh, Hoth image. But what it is, um, it's these General Mills serial booklets from 1983. Um, and there was a set of, I think, eight of them, right? Yeah. Um, so there's eight booklets. Most of them, or six of them, are for Return of the Jedi because it's timed around the release of that movie. But there are two that are for the earlier movies. You have one Star Wars one with R2 and 3PO and another one with Luke Hoth. Um and I don't know. I mean, they're they're interesting in the sense of like a kind of odd promotional piece that, that you just wouldn't. I just wouldn't have thought about until really digging for it. But um, yeah, it's on the archive with the image. It has that kind of nice pinkish purple uh, top with both the French and English title. So um, they were only available <clears throat> in Canada, I suppose. Yes. Yeah. Um, and there were eight of them, as I said. So they were packaged in cereals like Count Chocula, Frankenberry, Cheerios, Tricks, all, all the General Mills brands. Um, but what's interesting is that I guess you know, according to, to Scott's site, you know, some came uh, in a like large plastic wrap with a, a rebate a coupon for Parker Brothers or Atari video game cartridges uh, for things just like the Empire Strikes Back game and the Jedi Arena game. Um, and then others were just, you know, packed by themselves. Um, but yeah, so they depicted scenes from the movies and, uh, you know, narrative about the different trilogy subjects or whatnot. Um, I'd love to see that, then, that emperor one. How, how often do you see the emperor sitting alone in his throne room? Like he's <laughs> not doing the weird finger thingy and there's no one fighting in front of him. He's just sitting there like a spider in his web. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, that's true, yeah, and then there's also, um, you know, they also showcase the toys for the Jedi line in these, um, but yeah, it's just cool, I mean, I think the archive entries from Gus's collection, which makes sense, given the, the serial right. <laughs> tie, but um, yeah, I mean, they just, they almost have a weird kind of trading card look to them, um, so when I first saw it, I, I didn't really 
get that it was a booklet and had other stuff. So I'd, I mean, honestly, I would love to see what was on the inside of these. So if Scott or whoever else might have one of these in their collection could maybe send us some pictures of, of what's inside the booklet, that would be awesome. I, I, I actually I actually have a whole set of those. Oh, yeah? Um, I don't know if I told you guys that before. But, but yeah, I, I, I don't know if you guys knew this, but I lived in Canada when I was a kid during that, during that promo, and I collected those. And I would... Um, and I was, I, I had almost the entire set except I was missing like two of them and I would, we would come out and like hang up Cheerios or whatever. Right. And I, I would try to, try to complete the set, but I, I, I could never like get number five and number eight. And <laughs> I had like multiples of all the other ones and the number five, number eight for whatever reason I never, never got. And then at some point, I don't know, a few years ago, I, like I, I wanted to like complete the set and I was just tired of looking for these things because I could never find anyone who's selling them or, there, there might have been some that came up on eBay at one point and I missed out on them. And then I just put, I put out an offer. I'm like, I'll, I'll pay like $50 a piece for, for each of those. And someone came up and, uh, sold me each one of them, number five and number eight for 50 bucks a piece. So yeah, they're really cool. They show pictures of the toys inside of them. And like you said, they, they have the storyline in both French and, and English. And so it's definitely, awesome. definitely a cool piece. Yeah. It's, it's really cool. It actually has made me sort of, I don't know, I get really interested in like corporate culture. And I realize, Steve, we haven't really spent a lot of time with this. We haven't actually really spent any time talking about like who owns Kenner. Mm, like the whole General Mills tie and, and all that. Yeah. General Mills and like General Mills. I, I just, I, I looked up once and I found the link again. There's a whole book online called the General Mills Parker Brother Merger. Huh. And it's all about like the gen- – because the whole Makers Van Monopoly, you know, I think that only happened after this merger that I think happened in the early 80s. And so I don't know. There's just this weird like sort of the, this nascent megacorp cross-branding or whatever it is um, because the – if I remember from video game history correctly, Parker Brothers figured out how to engineer Atari games – and it used to be that only Atari could – they like reverse engineered Atari games and they sold mm-hmm. games that could work on that system and it was like this whole scandal. Um, so it's kind of cool that you'd get a $5 rebate coupon for the video games from the booklets. Um, so yeah, I, I I don't know. It's just – it seems to me that that's a, a rich area for us to talk about. Well, it sounds yeah. like all three of you have gone to sleep. <laughs> so maybe it's not. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, that, yeah that's, kind of, that's actually a really interesting area um, and you're right. Like, for example, when you see on the date stamps on, on different figures, GMFGI, that, that stands mm-hmm. for General Mills Fun Group, Inc., which right. is technically, that's the entity that, that was Kenner. Kenner was just a division at that time when they yeah. were when they were bought by General Mills. So they weren't even its own, technically not even its own corporate entity. It was General Mills Fun Group, Inc. Uh, and um, it's interesting because um, Char- Charlie um, Lippincott, who has been posting on Facebook and Charlie Lippincott worked with George Lucas um, and Gary Kurtz the first Star Wars for merchandising. He's been posting a bunch of paperwork, and one of the paperwork um, things that he posted was a memo from Kenner Legal um, talking about what are the different copyright notices that should go on the figures, and they just kept revising them because the figures would be copyright Kenner, but the characters are copyrighted Fox. So I thought that was really fascinating. So at some other show, you should definitely talk about that. And definitely, um, definitely, it's a 
nerdy aspect of, of the history of it. But yeah, you're you're right. This was a serial company that owned Kenner, um, among other companies. So it was like a huge conglomerate. You know, nowadays we like to think of like the streamlined companies and you know, everyone's kinda of like a one one purpose company. We don't we don't like those conglomerates anymore. Right. Uh, place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it is interesting. Yeah, it's cool. But really, Kenner being owned by Hasbro is actually more mom and pop than it was when it was owned by General Mills. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. You're it's absolutely true. right. If yeah. you think about, we think of it as this big evil, you know, corporation, but they're still just a toy company. I think. I mean, I, I guess they, mm-hmm. you know, they made the Battleship movie, so they're also. Yeah, you know, uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> they're they're officially in in the movie business. <laughs> yeah, awesome. Well, very good uh, unloved item. I definitely didn't know about these little books. Um, do you, so, do you still have them, Will? And are they opened? Uh, yeah, all the ones I have are open. I, you know, most of my stuff's in storage right now, so I don't know where they are in particular. But yeah, to me, they're they're kind of like a prize nostalgic item. Myself, and, uh, yeah, it's. I never, I didn't know that you were in Canada. Yeah, it's definitely. You, you call them unloved, but they're they're loved by me. <laughs> well, yes, everybody, somebody loves every unloved item. Oh, that's that's kind of the idea, and it's hard not to love them. Um, and also, I couldn't help but notice there's a fair amount of information about the York uh, peanut butter toppings, yes. which we mentioned. Yes. And I actually, I looked those up, and they're not that hard to find. Oh, um, you can buy full sets of them for like 40, 50 bucks. So cool. in the event that you that's, were moved uh, by our unloved item last month, that's <laughs> not too hard to find. I know um, Frederick was, was excited about that, so he'll, he'll be happy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, I believe that was pretty much all of our topics of conversation. No, um, were you, um, you going to make, uh, were you gonna make Isaac like do the lightning round or is that not part <laughs> Oh, of you're that? right. Isaac hasn't done the lightning round yet, has he? <laughs> Thank you. You can can tell he was so so excited. (laughs) Now, if your collection were burning, what one item would you take? Probably uh, that 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 twelve back the long header we were talking about earlier. Are you serious? The thing that you would take is the thing you just got a couple days ago. That's awesome. Yeah. What, what about the what about what about the pajamas? What what about the loincloth? <laughs> now, the now, what are these pajamas you keep talking about? Those are, uh, I guess, a, a sealed pack um, of, of pajamas from. I guess they were um, obviously from the vintage era, but um, uh, they were in that collection too. Uh, and uh, Will seems to really like them. I know a couple other people had expressed some interest. They saw a picture. Uh, that we posted of the collection, and those seem to be, um, that, they, those got some, that got some interest, um, the pajamas. Wow. Okay, um, so, you, so you take the pajamas. <laughs> um, so cup topper, pajamas, hard to choose between the two. Um, so one thing I can say, Isaac, is that I have virtually no comprehension of anything that you collect. That's the other thing about, about focus collectors. It's so easy to know what they collect. Um, I don't really know... Like if you even have any particular area, so I wouldn't. Steve, would you have any guess what Isaac's Holy Grail, what even realm I, it would be in? I'm not sure. I mean, I I think, I mean, I'm not surprised by the display things. I, I remember us talking about displays before, but yeah, I, I don't know. Um, yeah, okay. so that that's interesting. That's another bad thing about focus collect 
they make other people who don't have specific character focuses look like they don't collect anything. So, <laughs> <laughs> which is not true. Which is not true at all. So, um, well, disabuse us. Tell us the truth. Okay. So, um, no, I collect. I mean, one of my areas of focus uh, is, is obviously store displays. I've always loved those um, ever since uh, for, for many years now. Uh, and uh, so that's one area. And obviously anything pre-production, although the prices are kind of crazy and uh, out of this world right now. Um, so but it, I guess if I, you I, could I, get I, one item, what would it be? Okay, for a sort of way, it would be a Collect All 32. And there's specifically one of my holy grails would be um, there's a layout board for the Collect All 32. Wow. Um, that basically is how it, it, it's kind of a bunch of layers and it's hand cut, or not hand cut, but hand applied. Um, layout board for the Collect All 32, um, and I have one of those layout boards for one of the for, the, for one of the shelf talkers. Um, but I would love that that Collect All 32 layout board. It's just out of this world. Um, it's it's featured in Tellerman's book, um, and I'm not sure where that went, but it's out there. Oh, um, I think yeah, I think I even I don't know much about displays, but I think I can actually picture that. I looked up what the header looks like. I think I remember seeing mm-hmm. that in, in Kellerman. Huh, that's nice. Yeah, that would be definitely one of my um, holy grails. Um, it's, it's just it combines store displays with pre-production, so it's, it's boom yeah. right there. And do, do you know where it is? I don't. I don't. Oh, you just I know said it was that. Sold, Kellerman okay. sold it, but yeah. yeah, I don't know where it is. I, I haven't really made a big effort to try to find it. Okay. That's the kind of piece where I figured it's pretty. It's pretty locked up and. Now, Will, but, you know, if, if you have it, now's the time to, to just pipe up because I'd make for awesome podcasting. Uh, no, I, I don't have that, but I do have a Barbarino uh, acetate sculpt that Isaac's been really hounding me about. And I think that's his real, true holy grail. Thank you. Thank you. Well, I've been waiting to talk about this, and but actually by that I mean I totally forgot. Did you know, Steve, that you know how like there's the, the guy that's the king of Tiki? Yeah. Um, well, there's also a guy who's the king of Welcome Back Cotter collectibles, <laughs> and he is on the phone with us right now. Isaac Lev is the king of. He is the number one. He is the Gus Lopez multiplied by Steve Sansweet of Welcome Back Cotter collecting. <laughs> That's awesome. There you go. <laughs> yeah, it's one of my side things. Um, I used to watch this show on Nick at Night. When I was a kid, I liked a lot of stuff from the 70s. I was always really into that stuff. I don't know why. It was old, and it was different, and I naturally was attracted to that stuff. Um, and I don't know, Welcome Back Carter was funny. I found it funny and interesting. And then, uh, God, I don't know how many years ago, I started just seeing what was out there, and Mattel put out a line. Uh, so I got you know a bunch of those, and I realized there's a variation on them. And then they, they licensed Welcome Back Carter, much like Star Wars, for a lot of crazy stuff. There's like hmm. jump ropes, there's kites, there's books, there there's puzzles. You know, I don't think I've ever seen a bootleg. That's a that's an interesting question. No, I've never seen a bootleg uh, item. Um, although the quality of some of the items they made is kind of crappy, so kind of kind of <laughs> like a bootleg. Um, but um, but yeah, it's an interesting it's an interesting line. Um, there's not much. There's just five. Well, for the action figure line, there's just uh, five figures and display. Uh, a little like classroom display, and then, um, but there's always weird oddball things that will always come up on searches. So that's what I like about it. Like there's like a calculator, or, like uh, little school supplies that they made. So 
Yeah, it's kind of a little side thing that I do, a side focus. So that's the one thing that actually that helped me one time because um, many years ago, uh, Chris Jorgulius, um and and Fluffy uh, actually and and maybe some others had uh, found um, some first shot Welcome Back Cotter heads, mm-hmm. and immediately they're like, "Oh, Isaac will like these." And of course, because you know, so that was a good one. So that's the good thing about having a focus, I guess you could say, is that people do tend to gravitate uh, items to you. Um, so I was able to get a couple of first shot heads for the line, and it turns out they have like an alternate sculpt where the, 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 the characters are showing or they're smiling, and that's not how they actually ended up being made. They're re sculpted or redone somehow uh, for the production figures. So, wow. so yeah, I like all the there, there, there you go. Yeah, there you go. You yeah. got the sense of entitlement. Anything welcome back to That's what I hate about that kind of stuff. I, I totally there have a, a new lightning well, round question. Are you ready? Yes. Okay. What? Your rubber hose. <laughs> Why don't you take one end of a rubber hose and put it in your mouth? And then you take the other and you put it up your nose. And then you blow till your brains fall out. I actually just started looking on, I just started doing highest price first for Welcome Back, Cotter. And uh, <laughs> one of them is a comic book that says, up your nose with the rubber hose. And uh, man, there's all these Topps proof cards. What do you guys think about Topps proof cards? I know you got to eat well, but that's weird, right? All these proof cards coming out of Topps? I don't. Yeah, yeah welcome back, Cotter. Welcome back, welcome back, Cotter. Tops proof cards. Well, I mean, there's Star Wars proof cards. You know, they've been around for four or five years or whatever. Where almost on a permanent basis for forty bucks, you can buy like color separations of, you know, uh, a card that'll be like, you know, Lando's in distress, and they'll just have like the color separations. Or so they just the Tops Vault keeps on releasing these things, and so now. For five hundred dollars, um, you can you know buy a picture of Epstein saying, "I was going to cut class, but someone stole my pocket knife." To Barbarino. What? What? <laughs> are you serious, guy? Or are you? Yeah, I'm okay? serious. I'm a good improviser, but that is way too good. <laughs> There's one of uh, of uh, Travolta saying, "The meeting of the Barbarino fan club will now come to order." <laughs> That's great. Anyways, that's kind of crazy. Definitely off the rails, which I'm just trying to buy you time so you can answer the most important question. This will answer what we really need to know. Isaac, if you were a vintage Star Wars collectible, which one would you be? That's a good question. Um, Does a store display count? Sure. I don't know if that counts. So, yeah, it was actually interesting. I was thinking about you might ask me that, and I was wondering why I actually like um, store displays. And it's interesting because, and specifically, I'd be one of the collect all displays, so collect all twenty one or thirty two or forty eight. And I don't know, but ever since um, I, I like things that are in order uh, and that show um, lots of variety. Um, so, for example, when I was a little kid, there was a poster that I bought that had all of the NFL teams' football helmets on the poster. Uh huh. You know. Every single team. And I wasn't really into football that much, but I love the fact that there are all these helmets on the poster, every single one, and you could see all the different teams and all the different, you know, helmet designs. And uh, I have a poster now of all the United States presidents, 
you know, standing in front of the White House. So, I don't know, I like lists of things. So, huh. I know, these sword displays are kind of, like, similar. So, like, I like all 21 and you see all 21 of them. So, I don't know, I'd be, I'd be that. Because it kind of goes with what I, what I like in life, I guess. But, that's a um, good answer. Yeah, that's what I would be. Yeah. <laughs> Man, yeah, that, yeah. That was some rope dope. You started off with like, "Oh, geez, I don't know how I would get an answer." Would you mind if I just totally made a completely profound answer? Oh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. So, so there you go. That's wow. what I would be. I would be a store display hanging up at Toys R Us. Now, how many would we have to collect? Are we like, just, oh, that, okay, that's a good question. What's the last store display that shows all the figures? Forty-eight. Uh, Forty-eight, yeah, forty-eight. Yeah. Steve, yeah. did you hear that? Yeah, yeah. I got an answer right. You did. What do you say when I say, "Are you somebody?" Damn right, I'm somebody. <laughs> All right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I asked myself. One. Yeah, because after that, yeah, after that, they use just artwork, collect all sixty-five and seventy-five yeah. feature artwork of the characters, not even the board. Yeah. There's a there's a poster premium. It wasn't really the store display. It was more like a premium that showed all the Jedi figures on it. Yeah, I love that thing. Oh yeah, it's the the beach party. That's what I like to call that. <laughs> yeah, the beach party <laughs> <laughs> with the fake snow machine in the background. <laughs> well, I yeah. think the only way to end this is reading from the cover of Welcome Back, Cotter, a comic book that I have now found here. Um, <laughs> if you don't know about Welcome Back, Cotter, you're missing out on a great part of American life. And it has a cover, and it's a goofy thing. And then at the very bottom, it says, Bonus! Everything you wanted to know about... Dot, dot, dot. Gabe Kaplan! (laughs) (laughs) It's like... (laughs) I just can imagine a little kid looking at this being like, I don't know. Wait a tick. Everything I wanted to know about... It says Gabriel. About Gabriel Kaplan? (laughs) Great. Well then, thank you very much, guys. I know you need to go eat uh, with your family, Will. And uh, Isaac, I know you need to go um, either put on or remove the pajamas. (laughs) 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 Uh, That was awesome having you guys on. Uh, Thanks thanks again. Welcome back. Your dreams were your ticket out. All right, Sky here. Uh, Before we get to the feedback section, I wanted to add one more thing that's kind of come up since we recorded this episode almost a year ago. Anyway, the thing I want to talk about actually is funny because uh, over the weekend, I I went to Cleveland, uh, to the beautiful uh, Cleveland Museum of Art. It was actually a, a romantic getaway. Last year we went to Buffalo. This year we went to Cleveland. Nothing. It's too good. Uh, so anyway, it's a really cool museum, and I saw something that reminded me uh, of of Star Wars. So they happen to have a few really good examples of sculptures by Tilman Riemenschneider, who is, if you remember, the name of the uh, German sculptor who created uh, who created these great sculptures with figures in these sort of strange, exaggerated poses. And that was what we decided to name the mysterious sculptor from Kenner, who did the Black Bestman Guard and Luke Hoth. Uh, kind of did it sort of, uh, sort of akimbo and a little bit off-center. And that's the reason why certain Empire Strikes Back figures are a little bit uh, different. So, anyways, we we named that sculptor because Chris Julius demands that we not reveal his real name. Uh, we named that sculptor the Tillman sculptor, 
a year ago, I ended up calling him uh, like Leany McLeanerson or something. But I think the Tillman sculpture is cool. So, anyways, just to remind you, uh, Luke Hoth is yet another one of the Tillman sculpts. Uh, if you, you can look in the in the show notes, and you can really see the influence that I included here uh, of a of a Riemann Schneider uh, sculpture. So cool. All right, now let's get back to the feedback with Steve back. I wonder, you know, we're in the feedback section now. So what do you think of this kind of... Because uh, it wasn't Gargan Largan. No. You know, like we were pretty much on point. But it was not the typical format that you're used to. Do you like that? Do you not like that? I, I don't know. Um, I uh, uh, spent a little time. I just went and got some water and I went back and I had the Canadian Star Wars Gallery up. And I remember my problem with this website. He's had it up since 2001. And I remember that it's always bugged me that he he only has two things in his wanted category, a can, a Canadian forlom, and then the other one is a 12-pack Chewbacca with the Guerre des Etoiles pyramid logo on the front. Huh. And that's that's just one of my grails, obviously, with the French on it and everything. And so, like, I think I've always had this weird grudge against this site because I've always known, <laughs> obviously... He needs that, you know. The thing I'm talking about, the, the sense of entitlement that focus collectors have, like, his entitlement as a Canadian collector way supersedes my entitlement as a French guy and a Chewbacca guy. But, like, anyways, it's just, it's just funny thinking about that. Yeah. But, yeah, they're actually, next year, that'll be uh, 15 years that he's been on the... Uh, yeah, on there. So maybe we can have him come on and uh, and celebrate that. Yeah, that would be cool. And then this is one thing for you vegetarians out there who think that we don't have enough meat on the show. <laughs> um, Brisbane Brisbane Mike raised this great point. Oh, so there's right. actually going to be real deal meat in the middle of this show. We might come back to this and talk about it some other time. But this brings me back to the second meeting of the Star Wars uh, Vintage Star Wars Collectors Club in California with John Kellerman. Um, which you did not go to, right, only Steve? The only one I've missed, yeah. It was the best one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, first of all, talk about going back in time and kicking yourself. Kellerman showed up to the meeting with a binder filled with chromolins. It was a binder filled with chromolins. Okay, just just jam-packed. Yeah. And one of the things that he had was the 41B back chromolin. Right, so no, right. Nothing on the front. Right. Um, and the 41C. And uh, I believe that was it. It was 41B and 41C. Yeah. He had them both. And he was like kind of freaking out because they both had the same sign-off date and by the same person. Mm. And so he was saying like, oh, so does that mean that they were released at the same time? And then it has basically been determined that they were because figures will either come out on 41Cs and 41Es or 41Bs and 41Ds. Mm. So that whole kind of conversation that we were having with Frederick about him not being able to find the different 41s, there's this whole interesting thing that happens um, uh, with uh, with 41Backs and, and how they were displayed. Mm. So, so Steve and I have spent a little bit of time looking at the difference between them. And essentially, 
41... Okay, so the 41A just has the action figure stand. So that's just a stupid card back only liked by Yankees fans. <laughs> the 41B is Dagobah playset, Darth Vader collector case, TIE Fighter, Falcon, Twin Pod Cloud Car, and Slave 1. Right. The 41C has the Snowspeeder, Mini Rigs, Tauntaun, uh, Turret, Probot, AT-AT, uh, and Imperial Attack Base. Right. So it's basically one of them is more um, Bespin and Dagobah, and then the other is all Hoth. All Hoth stuff, right. And so if you look at the difference between the the figures, so someone on a um, on an old uh, Jamie Bannon, an old thread, um, broke down because basically a figure will either be released on C and E's or B and D's, and the difference between <clears throat> the C and the E is just that the, uh, the individual are, photos right, right. has been replaced by a group photo, right? And that's the same thing as the difference between the B and the D. Yeah, but there's no rhyme or reason to it, Steve. I mean, Chewbacca's most Chewbacca's on the Hoth one, Vader's on the Bespin one. I guess that makes sense. Obi Wan. I mean, uh, how do you determine where to put him? Yeah. Um, and then, like, well, Han Solo Bespin, that makes sense. But then, Dengar's mostly yeah. There's no rhyme or reason to it. <laughs> but they were apparently released at the same time, and I think I figured it out, Steve. Why they were released at the same time? Why is that? Because you had to, they had too much too much stuff to show off. So they just mm. wanted. To, they figured people okay. would buy multiple yeah. figures, so they would see they were different. They'd say, "Oh, look at this! That's different. There's I got to get other... that too." Yeah, uh, that makes sense. So the toys weren't released in different waves. They were just uh, basically they ran out of space, <laughs> so they had to make another card back. Yeah. I'm losing my voice. Oh yeah, and uh, I I got a response somewhere. It's. So I called – so the the Nebraska podcast, the Nebraska Star Wars podcast, the Bounty Hunter uh, Collectors podcast. podcast. Yeah. Um, it's run by two brothers and some other guy. I apologize if you're the some other guy. Um, but uh, – and I called them the Havrat – Harvats. And no. it's actually the Havrats. <laughs> no, I think it's the other way around, Sky. <laughs> no. It's the have rats. That's the that's the real way. <laughs> the real way is have rat. Are you sure? Yes, because I would think it's Harvat. So, anyways, I I am not corrected. Uh, Are you looking it up? It's I, I, it's not. It's it's Harvat. No, it's have rat. <laughs> I said Harvat, and the right answer is have rat. <laughs> Right? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but kind of. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm going to look it up here. I'm on here on Facebook. I'm going to look up Bill Harvat. H A R V A T, Steve. Yes. It's Harvat. Yes. Not have rat. Not have rat, which is what you this had. It's totally ridiculous, Steve. I don't know. <laughs> Have rat? Like, what do you think? Like, have rat will travel, or like they're having some terrible Thanksgiving where they're just going to eat rat? <laughs> it's Harvat. Right. Yeah, don't, don't, don't try and turn this around on me, Steve. <laughs> it's Harvat, okay? Ah. I mean, usually I'm the one who makes mistakes with these things, but this time. 
Yeah, it's Harvat. So, anyways, thank you to the Harvat brothers. I'm sorry that Steve keeps mispronouncing your name. Um, and uh, good. So, I believe that's it. Uh, you know, it's only the 18th, so maybe more people will post uh, more interesting things. Uh, the fantasy baseball draft is coming up soon. Yep. When, Steve? Like in a week? Uh, I think it's it's on a Sunday. I think it's the 29th of March. I'm not ready. Oh, oh, you'll be fine. As the great poet and thinker of Will Grief might have heard us once say, Wampa Wampa! Adios!